Welcome everybody to Casual Master Quest again. We're here back uh, for episode number 90, which will be uh, premiering on March 9th, I believe, right? Hell yeah. Look yeah, at you. Yeah, look at that. I'm finally starting to I'm get into I'm proud of you, son. Speaking of that, me being the newest member of the Casual Master Quest hosting crew, uh, thanks for being here. My name's Glenn. Um, I am uh, uh, supported this episode currently by my two good buddies, Nick. And Tyler, how you guys doing? Nick? Hi, hi. You know, it, it's kind of weird, and like I feel guilty for this, but when you introduce Nick first, I just he- felt this pang of pride just get him. Like, oh, mother- no. it's like wait, no. Well, if you I think about it partner, alphabetically, um, that's N is higher up than T. Yeah, I was about to say okay, last names. Fuck, <laughs> I still uh, went out there too. <laughs> middle names. I don't have a middle name. So middle does name. that mean? Does that mean I win? I feel well, like that by default that's zero top. is yeah. less than one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, my middle name starts with an A. Uh, screen name, fuck. Uh, age, I win there too. Fuck. I win there too. <laughs> IQ. Amount of hours played in Destiny. I'm gonna have a chance here. You it's win in a competition. Um, well, oh. if it's like golf, you know, we gotta, we gotta. We're skewing the rules a little bit to make Tyler feel better because um, honestly, that's why I'd said. Well, the names I mean, that way. <laughs> maybe uh, Tyler, you definitely went out uh, with uh, birthday because yours is earlier in the year. Oh, there we go. True. Yeah, but birthday, birthday, not like birth date. I know, I know. I'm trying to work with you here. <sighs> Distance okay, from well, the Great Nick, Lakes. You win, Nick. <laughs> 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 Distance from Bay City, Michigan. Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Distance from my chair. Hell yeah. Oh, baby. Nailed Best it. rainbow glasses. Number one. Oh, shit. Has a job. Tyler, that's Damn. all yours. You beat both of us okay. with that one. <laughs> Are we in, entering a circle jerk now? Because uh, I feel like this is turning into like a dick tugging contest. It's a, it's a Viking rowboat, you know? Mm-hmm. You're never actually the- rowing your own oar. <laughs> it's just I thought that was a flag Dutchman. <laughs> Is that what that's called? <laughs> the Dutch rudder? Oh, God. What movie so- is that from? Zack and Miri make a porno. <laughs> oh, the Flying Dutchman? Yeah. From our oh, man. I was going to say Spongebob. How are you guys doing IRL? Like, what have you been Dutchman. up to that maybe uh, I or our listeners don't know about in this last well, Nick, since uh, you were chosen first, I, I I defer to your expertise, kind sir. Mm. Oh, thank you. Um, I might have to fucking move again soon, which fucking sucks. Oh. That does suck. Yeah, you Shut like your current fuck. place, right? I fucking hate moving too. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing I could really do about it. Uh, my basically my landlord's a contractor, right? Um, and so he builds houses, and then he sells them, or somebody comes to him and hires him to build a house, and then he sells them. Or, like, you know, they pay a fee, whatever, they, he was hired to build that house. Anyways, um, so he built a house last year um, that hasn't sold yet, and he's telling me uh, he needs to sell that house because, you know, that's his income. Um, and it hasn't sold yet, so he put up this house as well for... Uh, he, he listed this house as well that we live in, that he lives in. And basically, whichever one sells first is gone. So if the other house sells, nothing changes. If this house sells, he's going to move over to that house. Um, Will you move with him? He said, I could. Um, so that it's not like it's a bad... It's just I don't want to fucking move. I just no, I moved. I feel you. Um, yeah, and it's just even more complicated because Eugene's not here, my roommate. And he's 
supposed to come back this month, but because of the virus, he's not traveling, so he's pushed it off to next month. And so if anything happens, nothing's going to happen for at least a few months, but if anything happens before that and he's not here, then I have even more things to deal with. And yeah, no, it's just... Hey, I'm graduating soon, though. Yay! Yeah, congratulations! Yeah. Yay. Maybe you'll get a new job that will force you to move to a, you know, place for a job or something. That would, you know... I mean, if it's in move. if it's in if it's in BC, <clears throat> like if it's in like anywhere like within within a, um, I'm gonna do the conversion for uh, hundred uh, meters. I'm gonna You're convert gonna to uh, aren't you? I'm gonna within, convert to freedom within units. Within eighty-one hold, miles, uh, within, units. <laughs> uh, so in freedom <laughs> is, units within sixty miles, as long as it's within sixty miles, I'll fucking drive. Is that what people call drive. that outside I call of the it US? I think that's hilarious. Um, but as long as it's within sixty miles, I'm not fucking America moving. Meters. I'll drive. Like, I have no 60 problem. 60 miles? I'll drive. I don't care. That could be up to a 120 Whistler, mile here commute. we come. Yes, you're correct. It's 100 kilometers. So it's every uh, kilometer is 0.6 miles then? Something like that, yeah. Cool. Have you not played Pokemon Go, Glenn? Come on, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, but there's no conversion in the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, to be fair, and to next credit, I used to... It's only 45 minutes. I used to drive a 45-minute commute to work. And then there was a point to where... Uh, I was out weekly, but to get once a week to and from my workplace, I had to drive 210 miles. Mm. So uh, a three-hour commute every single uh, week to and from work. On top of driving and at work, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. that just seems um, like, for me, like the 45-minute drive seems normal because that's kind of like, in growing up in Dubai, that's kind of like what you did because if you didn't have a lot of money, you had to live fucking far out. And then right. you know, my dad would fucking drive like an hour to get to work. Um, so and that was normal. I mean, like an hour, two hours to work every day by like uh, public transport is oh, yeah. common in a city of that size. Yeah. So, you know, I I'm not surprised. It's just it sucks. Yeah, my wife does yeah. that every day. She drives 60 miles, 30 miles there, 30 miles back every day. But in L.A., that's, you know, early in the morning. It like only takes her like travel. 40 minutes to get there, but it's like an hour and a half back. Right, right. Two hours on because of the traffic, so. yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like I want to <laughs> stay in Canada. So the only only way I'd be moving willingly uh, would be if this was in Montreal or Toronto or uh, yeah, those are the only two places that could be open to going. But how does that process work once you're done in school? Do you apply for like a work visa or something once you're done okay. or before? So so with international students, um, so with people coming into the country who aren't Canadians to work. You have to find uh, a job and you can apply for a work permit. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. And then you just get a regular work permit. And then once you're on that work permit for a year and you've worked that job, you can start the whole process for becoming uh, nat uh, naturalized. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes um, about uh, three to five years, let's say three to six years. Right. Um, as a student, I have a couple of options. If I find a job before I graduate officially, I could apply for a regular work permit through that, uh, through, like through the company that hires me. But what people who come, like students who come here to study, what they can do, and they can only do this once in their lifetime, be it for a graduate, a master's, or a doctor, uh, doctorate degree, um, you can apply for something called a postgrad work permit, which allows you to stay in the country indefinitely for two or three years, depending on how long you studied for. And you like, so you don't need a job to keep that uh, permit valid. So you just have it and you can just stay in the country. But you can only apply for it once. So I'll be applying for my postgrad work permit um, in April, um, and then when I get it, I uh, hopefully I get it, and I should. Um, I'll be allowed to stay in the country for three years, um, and I will not be able to apply for that specific permit again if I let's say 
do a graduate degree, um, I'd have to find work before I graduate. Or I'd have to leave the country, find work, and then come back through uh, like a regular uh, work permit. Hmm. You know, Nick, if you wanted to, if you wanted to come over to the States and then find a nice sugar mom on the Mary, you could solve this problem relatively simply. You, you say that, but then my cousin, who's been in Seattle since 2015, finished his graduate degree and he's been working for an American company for the last, I want to say, three years, still doesn't have his work visa because of the lottery system. And so he's about to be kicked out of the country if he doesn't get it in the next two months. But then, if he wants to marry... Yeah, marriage solves that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, a what somebody... A scary thought. <laughs> that's what somebody was suggesting. Um, I can't remember who this was, but it was an older man. Uh, wow. It wasn't my landlord, uh, but it was an older man I was talking to maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, I'd like to stay in Canada. Like, Why don't you just marry? Seems That seems like a shortcut that I'm not interested in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Potentially right. expensive. I mean, they're probably going to like try and figure out if the marriage is valid, especially if it's close. Yeah, to time what's, when you it, what's it called? I think it's like the uh, fucking movie The Proposal with Sandra Bullock oh, yeah. and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, like, they'll, they'll fucking vet me. They're like, all right, how yeah. long have you two been together? What's her favorite color? Oh, like, no, I had, a, I had a buddy in college who I didn't know this about him, but we played soccer together and he was from Trinidad. Uh, and then after college, he just found somebody and they got married within a month of knowing each other. And I found out later on that it was legitimately fake, but he knew everything about her family. Whenever they had things going on, they had pictures together that they updated regularly. <laughs> and then, like, he went up there for holidays to make sure they could take photos. And then whenever they had, like, an in-house visit, he had to fly up. He was in the Midwest, and she was in New York. Like, it was very, very odd. <laughs> but it took a lot of work, and it was very expensive. So, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, right. it's just, it is tough in the U.S., though I understand with immigration, there's a lot of people that want to come in, so it's hard to make sure. Plus that there's, like, <clears throat> in those kind of marriages, even if you, you know, naturally just have the cards played right in your way, it feels like there's a weird power uh, play that's happening between, you know, the citizen and the person who's trying to yeah. be naturalized by marriage, and that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. I've uh, heard some fucked up stories, mostly, you know, uh, people immigrating, you know, legal or no, from Mexico, finding love over in Texas and all that stuff, but then it just turns into a weird power struggle where things start to get abusive, but they have to stay with that person because otherwise they're at risk of getting deported, I believe, within the year of divorcing, and that's rough. Yeah, that's that rough as shit. But it- And sorry, sorry, Nick, I'm taken. <laughs> On the good side of travel, though, it sounds like one of us had some good news popped into their lap Although, this last week. Nick, Nick in the chat is single. Talk to me after the show. Uh, well, let's see. Good news. Uh, there's good news. Yeah, Glenn, you're doing great news. You're playing D and D. Oh no, you had good news that was travel related. Oh yeah, technically. <laughs> yes, the embarrassment of riches. So I decided to spend. Uh, an hour on the shittiest and this is no offense to anybody but whoever chose this music the shittiest elevator music i've ever heard <laughs> it's like it's one of those things that like hey we actually don't want to talk with them and we're really busy right now let's blast them with this god-awful elevator music at different varying volumes to see if they stay on and, and also what? coming at like varying between 8 bit to 24 bit, even though you know it's yes. like a fucking 36 bit song or whatever. It's like, let's put, 
What's a, a five minute song? Eight megabytes? Let's see what happens if we do it at one megabyte, just to see what the fuck happens. And it's like, it's frustrating. Your business is important to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you hear those bullshit <laughs> phrases, you're like, you know, and then it pauses and you might hear breathing and keyboard clacking stuff. Oh, this is my chance. And it's like, do, 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 do. But what was the end game of this terrible music for you? So the end game of this terrible music was me to get a contact of Delta Airlines. And the person I spoke to, Sarah, uh, I'm going to give her a full shout out. She did fantastic. I want to thank you. You were so nice and courteous. I realized that she's probably been dealing with customers all fucking week about this kind of shit. So as you are aware, coronavirus is the thing. It's unfortunate. And as a result, uh, I noticed something has been dropping quite a bit. Airplane ticket prices. Like, uh, I would say they crashed, but uh, that's actually kind of like a joke in poor taste, I guess you'd think, with uh, airplanes in particular. So I'm not going to make that joke, but it's in the <laughs> air. And it's going to stay in the air. Uh, you know. <laughs> not crashed. And the, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, I paid uh, twenty one hundred dollars for a run uh, trip plus hotel and all that stuff before me and my wife. And when I looked at it uh, recently, it's dropped another three hundred dollars in uh, airplane ticket prices alone. Like uh, I think uh, I was originally at like maybe three fifty or so, and then it dropped down to almost two hundred for uh, each direction. And that is like oh. Wow, uh, people are, you know, fucking crashing their shit. And as, uh, cashing in their shit, I should probably should say, uh, a lot of people are canceling their flights and all that stuff, and as a result, <clears throat> ticket prices have plum you know, plummeted. Uh, I'm still going to Vancouver regardless, because my company's not gonna let me change my vacation time, and honestly, uh, I like cheap. Uh, so, I started <laughs> the column to see if I could drop the price. They had, uh, Delta had a specific window that focused on the month of March. If you order during the month of March, or, uh, if it's international before the month of March. Uh, so the bad news is, since my return flight is set for, uh, in April, they weren't able to do anything with that due to their policies, which is bullshit, but whatever. But I was able to knock off, like, a hundred and change on my airplane ticket. Nice. But... It is as credit, so uh, basically I gotta spend it on my next ticket. So if I want to fly somewhere for the next year, I got you know a hundred bucks in credit for it. So something maybe for that terrible phone call. Hundred dollars an hour. Detroit. <laughs> Just it's like doing surveys for money or a gift card. Like hey, do an hour of surveys and then you'll give you a ten dollar Target gift card. But mm -hmm. I don't even have a target in my city. We don't care. It's either that or a Barnes and Nobles. I also don't have that. I don't care. <laughs> Do the hour. Well, so I it's uh, in, in regards to ticket prices dropping, I just read an article that said um, this is because of um, uh, air traffic commissions, whatever, in Europe. Um, airlines have to... Um, so if an airline has a route, let's say from um, Berlin to London, um, they have to... S like they have to upkeep 80% of those flights. Like whatever that schedule is, they have to keep up 80% of that schedule. Otherwise that airline loses that flight. Like they lose that slot. And so because of the virus, a lot of these flights are empty. And so the airlines have just been sending these ghost flights out because they want to keep their spots. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like there's a good chance I might accidentally get a free upgrade. Uh, I was going <laughs> to buy it, but it's like, you know, let, let's fucking chance it, you know? Let's, let's, uh, let's see what happens. 
It's one of those things where you got to yeah. go to the airport and be not ask about the upgrade until you get to a specific point. And it's always a tricky business. You have to be like super nice, you know. It's it. it oh like, yeah. It helps to dress well usually. Um, like most common stories about my upgrades, my dad. But my dad's always fucking wearing like a like a like a sport a jacket. No, not business a tux- tuxedo. But he looks like a businessman, especially because he wears a sport jacket with like a simple polo and like you know and like nice fitting jeans. So everywhere he goes, he's always like, "Sir, we have some upgrade seats available for free." He's like, "Okay, cool." And then, so anytime I mean, we travel uh, together, it'll be my dad, my sister that'll get the upgrade because always they only happen to have two available seats. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'll sit. I'll sit. In, that's fine. You guys enjoy yourself. That's okay. It's fine. I'm, I'll be fine here. <laughs> in my case, it was because I was incredibly large. They, they looked at me and were like, wow, you're going to roll over the seat and touch other customers. We can't have that. How do you feel about Comfort Plus? And it's like, I'll work with that. <laughs> but then on my return flight, it's like the the plane was full of shit, and then I pretty much got framped into like some kind of life pod, and hence why I'm dieting <laughs> in the first place. And so I'm not gonna take the chance. I'm losing weight just for the occasion, but you know, in hopes of uh, you know, it sucks because I don't like the idea. I'm taking advantage of a worldwide sickness that's spreading and probably gonna get continually worse by the time this happens. But I mean, if you know the dice are gonna fall this way and i'm gonna commit might as well take advantage of whatever i can at this point because i mean that's a hundred dollars right that's a hundred dollars in credit for taking a risk of flying this time of year to a location that may be more prone than where i'm at now i I will say also in regards to the virus really quick uh vietnam has developed a test and a vaccine but nobody's really reported on it and vietnam is one of the only countries one of the few countries that hasn't had any casualties and have successfully contained the covid 19 as well as with other uh like pandemics that have happened before uh mersa being the other one of note um but there's sars uh, that's the other one too south korea is also very good on handling those cases um cuba also is very renowned for um, their doctors coming on vaccinations and tests like very quickly because the expected it was expe- the World Health Organization expected four years uh, for a vaccine to be developed. Vietnam did it has already done it. So that's impressive. Resources are out there. Honestly. And yeah, anybody freaking out, I understand. Just wash your hands right. and stay updated. I did see a very, it, it very funny thing that was uh, my friend posted. And it was like, because if you ever played the, uh, there's actually a game where you play as the virus and you try and spread it the world yes plague Plague Inc. yeah plague Inc. which is ironically a fun thing now but like it it was like top downloaded uh, game on androids right now all it was was was. it was like monaco and iceland and blah 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 have all received their first cases of coronavirus and at the bottom it was like you've done it you bastard It's kind of fucked, uh, you know, the mindset of, like, it sinks because they're trying to be discreet, but they're like, oh, a, a virus spread across the world? It'd be cool if I could play a game of that, let me download it. But, of course, you know, since the world loves recording information, that immediately gets highlighted, and just, mm-hmm. just fuck, just, it's fucked the mindset of some people. It's like, meh, we, we gotta trivialize this and make this funny so we can take advantage of it. It's... I, I believe the term is uh, regression, uh, handling stress by making, you know, uh, maybe not immature, but a lighthearted take on it. But uh, I don't want to continue talking about coronavirus because the more information we spread, you know, misleading or just straight facts can often lead to fear mongering. And we have the 
Bless their hearts, the liberal news in America doing a fun job with that already, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to scare people more because wash your hands and you'll be fine for the most part. Don't touch your eyes. If you're not an eight-year-old or less, or a sixty-year-old or higher, there's very little chance of it being a problem, even if you do get it. So moving You'll on, be though, fine. it seems yeah. like you got to do something that I've been wanting to do now that I found out that it happened, which is Castlevania season three. Holy it. shit, that came out this week. I watched it in one go, all 10 episodes of it. Nice. I, I, I watched five hours of fucking Castlevania in one night. Awesome. And hot damn, is that shit good. Yeah. Have you watched the first two or? Yeah, I've seen the first two, Nick. I've only seen the first season. Um, I haven't had a chance to check out season two yet. Um, didn't even realize season three was coming out so quick. Mind you, though, season two came out like two years ago or something or like last year i feel right. like two years ago is more appropriate what mm. the way that it looks like it's set up with uh castlevania on netflix is uh the first season is usually like a setup to crazy shit that's going to be happening and then in season two shit cultivates into a pinnacle of you know antagonization if you will uh obviously i don't want to spoil shit it uh, looks like season three is following the same role where it's setting up the dominoes to be knocked down and it's kind of clear uh, like who are bad guys and whatnot but it's interesting because in this case it seems like there's almost witcher style two three different stories happening at the same time and it was cool how they're able to juggle that but keep enough uh intentions or uh focus on each one that it made it interesting like uh let's see yeah there's at least four different uh focuses uh throughout 10 episodes and i'm like at first i just wanted to focus on one but then it's like okay this is interesting that's fucking interesting uh i was also surprised uh at the sudden amount of nudity that suddenly happened especially at the the end of season three really? like uh uh season one and season two like uh they kind of had sexual themes to it and uh, to some extent uh yeah, but mostly else. um yeah the, the rating R was mostly on the gory part, ripping fucking night creatures to shreds and stuff, but suddenly it's like, whoa, okay, we're doing this, we're doing that, fuck, okay, fuck. <laughs> Literally, lots of fucking, uh, and <laughs> I really enjoyed it. it. I think they tried to take, like, a Game of Thrones done right vibe to it, and I think they did a great job. That's not I'm fucking hard with that last season. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Game of Thrones fans, disappointed with the, how the last season went? Why don't you try Castlevania, where they do it right? Or The Witcher, where things make sense. Or where things make... F okay, listen here. Where things make sense means it does make sense if you read or watched or played no, almost... No, like, that's how fucking bad... Because you haven't watched the last season, right, Tyler, of Game of Thrones? I watched... Up to season five, oh, I don't even know where that is, and then stop. I watched yeah. episodes No, three. the, the whole yeah. of Witcher makes more sense than the last season of Game of Thrones. Even for somebody yeah. who has no idea about the Witcher series or, like, oh, yeah. world, it makes so played, much more sense than the last I played season. an hour of The Witcher 3, and it took me about but three or four I, episodes to understand exactly what was happening, and I was like, oh, yeah. We are prematurely <laughs> getting to some uh, stuff. Some of this Oh, stuff. yes, we are. Okay, so... You did also do something, Tyler, this week. Finish off your week. Uh, something that was uh, really cool that got shared on social media that I was very impressed by. Thank you. And, like, <clears throat> the more credit, I it's weird because, um, I'm not going to say as an artist, because I have, like, uh, an insecurity about that. Just because... It, 
I think we talked about it last episode. I have insecurities that, that the idea of being called an artist for the methods and styles I did. Because uh, I'm going to say 80% of it was tracing. And then the other 20% was a mixture between shading and adding additional styles to it. So it's like, I'm not drawing <laughs> it. I, I am, kind of, but not really. I don't like the idea of being called an artist for that. That bugs the shit out of me. Because they look cool as shit. And yes, the templates that I used essentially were just basically sketches and stick figures uh, for a couple of them. <clears throat> but at the same time, I don't want credit for that, you know? Because it's like, that's the baseline of somebody's work, and I just impounded on it and customized it. I believe credit should go to the person that made the initial thing. That's why I'm not saying, you know, hey, here's my art. I can't say that. But what I did you do? That. All of those insecurities uh, aside, because I... Here's the thing. There is nothing new under the sun. If you want my input on that, you you did a great job and everybody steals a little bit of something when they create their own version of art. And I think yours is fantastic. And there's also a difference between <clears throat> you just making this and experimenting with, this with the, what you use versus you doing this and then selling it and claiming it as your own, which you right. haven't done. Right. No, I would take no pride in trying to do that anymore. I like that. If there's one thing I realize I'm good at is taking an existing idea, then customize it in, in my own flavor, and then presenting it as the next big thing that I did. That's art. I don't like doing that. That's I, art, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all art. Fair. Yeah, man. That, I mean... What did you do, though? Our audience doesn't know unless they were paying attention to the Twitter. Right. I, I just hear uh, <laughs> Shia LaVou just, Just do it! Say the fucking thing! Don't let your... Uh, Make your dreams come true. <laughs> so I drew. I'm saying that in quotes. Uh, the three characters for Casual Quest Masters. Uh, I started off with making my own, just uh, as a test thing, and it turned out okay. So then I then focused on making Magdor, and that turned out really <laughs> fucking good. Like once I realized that I don't need to just trace something, I also need the color, and also I can customize shit. Like obviously that sketch did not include a you know, a picture of a dwarf with an iron arm holding an Ugga male pour pouring down to the ground, I end up having to draw all of that stuff. The arm was super from scratch, and then I focused on creating Vol, which I did this week to complete the trio, and that looks damn good. Like, real fucking good. And I, like, I'm proud of that level of work. I'm sure I could spend a little bit more time cleaning it up and whatnot, but for what it looks like, we have our team drawn out, and I like that. It looks really good. I, I, well done. Thank you. <clears throat> And, like, I, I was, I told Nick this before, and, you know, he responded, if it's just, you know, fan art, essentially, he's not gonna put the hammer down on every single detail, like, uh, because anytime I present something to Nick, uh, Nick scares me with, uh, very harsh criticism, uh, and it, it like, it, like, that's why I did Vol last, because, like, shit, if I put Vol in front of him, tell him this is Vol, I'm gonna get a lot of fucking edits, this is, <laughs> good thing I'm doing it in layers, but Nick was complacent i think well i mean uh, like i said it, there's a difference between me being critical about a piece that we're going to be using for whatever reason like if it's for the show or if it's something that's been commissioned uh, for me and you're getting my feedback or if i commission something oh yes i'm going to make sure that i get what i want but if somebody's doing something for me that i haven't asked for and they're doing it to like either practice or to like just do it i'm gonna be like 
it's fucking great you went through all this effort thank you it's like when somebody cooks me food like if it's not my favorite like i don't eat fish but if i go to somebody's house and they make like a fucking salmon roast i'm gonna eat the shit out of that because they took the time and effort to make it for me Ooh, you didn't add enough lime juice and pepper <laughs> because mm, i'm also like you... you know i'm a designer so this is what i do like all we do every day quite literally is just critique each another's work like we have a studio that this we sit fish in. is so raw skilled <laughs> that could resuscitate it um <laughs> You could probably still use it in a transmutation circle to bring it back to life. Anyways, because uh, all we do is sit in the studio and we just critique each other's work. And I'm very much, this is hard for some people I know, I'm very much of a uh, objective person. Like, you can deal with your feelings later. If you're asking me for feedback, I'm going to give you the feedback. And mm-hmm. then you just make those changes. Uh, like, But there's also a difference between me being an asshole and me being uh, blunt with my criticism. So, yeah, criticism yeah, isn't add- always mean. And it sounds like you've found a nice balance within your schooling to understand how to do that healthily. Right. And I'm taking a big and somewhat scary step at this point. I drew something back in like 2012, 2013, like, you know, pencil the paper kind of thing. Something I drew myself. And I realized I didn't have the capabilities of like making a, a finished art piece. And as such, this was something I drew a picture of Cho'Gath, Battlecast Prime, and uh, Steel Legion Lux, because that was Brandon and I's uh, favorite characters, respectively. I, you know, I wanted like a cool picture during the time that we were having to League of Legends, and you know, that was our thing together. Kind of like a symbol of our <coughs> unity and enjoying the game together. But, like I said, didn't have the artistic capabilities, so I commissioned somebody for $100, $100, to get the sucker professionally drawn and colored. Well, I made a mistake, and apparently the artist that I commissioned $100 to has never seen League of Legends a day in her life, which is understandable. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Hopefully she still hasn't. And uh, the result that she drew was... Uh, I'm sorry to this art- artist. It was catastrophic. It almost <laughs> looked like a like a, a Picasso of what I wanted. And it was so abstract frustrating art. that it, <laughs> it... It was literally abstract art. Why, why, you know, why does Cho'Gath's giant meaty uh, metal arm that can shoot blast in the air look like a pea shooter with, like, a two-inch barrel? <laughs> and so, it, like, this, it looked rough. She did her best. You know, I, I actually, it was the one and only time I refused to pay, and I just uh, fucking ghosted her. And oh, I, she, you know, messaged me two months <clears throat> later, hey, saying, you know, saying, hey, I don't know what happened. I'm sorry if you didn't like the quality, but I need this for college. I end up paying. You know, I, I realize it's like, that's fucked up. Don't, you know, screw A's. Don't starve an artist just because they didn't know what you wanted. Plus, if you really wanted the change, you could have. I was naive. I fixed that. I'll never do that again. I will never starve an artist because that's fucked. I'll pay up front. But as a result, I had this nightmare version of my, you know, the drawing I made. And it's been haunting me for years until yesterday. I looked at it, and I was like, I wonder if I can do what I used to do, except this time, instead of basing it off of somebody else's sketch, ones if I just do my own. And so far, it's looked really fucking good. I'm cool. r- like, it, it's starting to look good. Battlecast Prime Cho'Gath is looking... Mm, like, just by my level of drawing, it's like, holy shit, I'm fucking doing it. So yeah, I'm man. hoping I can com- complete my dream of getting this picture finished, maybe in time for Brandon's birthday, you know, give it to him as a birthday present. We'll, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with saying that out loud because he's not yeah. online and therefore he's probably not watching. So fuck him. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's been my week. I've nice. talked way too much. 
No, you're what good. You, you needed to, obviously, and that's totally fine. People come to the podcast I, for us. I and need our validation. I must give me verbal bread. Tell oh, me it's it wonderful. Looks above average. Well, I mean, in that in that in that respect, I'm a, a miniature painter, and you guys know that. Um, yeah, and so one of the things I've been doing recently, personally, is working on building. I found uh, I don't remember what they're called, like battle boxes or something. Um, Warhammer: Age of Sigmar, which is fantasy wing of mm-hmm. Warhammer, the Warhammer game. Um, I'm playing Stormcast Eternals, partially because I decided if I was going to play another army, I wanted to make sure I could use them in my Dungeons and Dragons games, because I can't use tech robots in a D&D game, um, which I played mostly Tau before. Uh, I mean, and, if you want to. If you want to go to, like, Starjammer, Spelljammer, or whatever, you know. But uh, So these guys are great, and I found a, I think when the box came out, it was $260, and I got it for $140. Bucks. Um, so I've been in the process of... Nice! Yeah. Thank you, eBay. Uh, I've been in the process of putting all of them together. They have these really cool things called Dracoline, which I've actually, because what I've done now is the Stormcast Eternal Army and all of their accoutrement. The aesthetic of that has been transferred into my homebrew D&D world, Gilbyar, uh, as one of the standing armies of one of the countries. So, Ooh. yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And I'm doing a narrative campaign with some friends um, and speaking of fantasy and stuff like that. Wait, I'm also you're playing doing, D&D you're doing Gilbyar like offline? Mm-hmm. Fuck. You guys, if we Look, ever I- want to move the podcast there, we totally can. It's still 95%. Oh, no. It's like the ocean, man. It's like 95% unexplored. <laughs> I don't want to go into that. No, my point is that was the first season of Ready to Roll. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I got to listen to you DM and all that stuff, but then we switched to the uh, Forgotten Archipelagos. So just the fact that the story continues, but I won't ever get to hear what's going on. It's just, you know, you absolutely can't. That's all I'm saying. Here's the thing. It's just another place, so if Vol and all of you guys end up finding out that a piece of that staff of the Magi is, I was gonna say you're the you're the DM. All you gotta do is be like, hey, this place is like a thousand fucking kilometers miles away. Uh, Time to go for a seafaring. Better better find a boat. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, great. So it's gonna be Nick and I, (laughs) because you know Brandon's character isn't gonna fuck. It's fine. We'll just the real new um, character. It's Wada Janasi. We'll just steal a. uh, We're gonna an airship. Like, no, we'll just steal a Spelljammer. Easy. A Spelljammer? What's a Spelljammer? Um, Spelljammer is the, is the name of a setting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's also Nautilus? vehicle. Uh, the not from the, are you thinking of the most recent Baldur's Gate 3 cinematic that the Mind Flayer is flying in? Because that's called a Nautilus. <clears throat> anyway. Or Glenn, if I'm you give me the, uh, staff of the, if you give me the Staff of the Magi, then I can do uh, plane, plane shift, shift and then we can get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if, tell you what. I'll make you a deal. You give me the Staff of the Magi. I'll take us to fucking Gilvayar. I'll work with you, man. I'll work with you. We'll see how it goes. And and then we'll find your ready-to-roll ex-party, and then (coughs) we'll kill him for loot. Kill him for loot, baby. And then you'll kill the king? Okay, cool. Have fun killing a king. Okay, fuck. Uh, Sounds like things have progressed a little bit since then. Not too much, honestly. Uh, It's... uh, I I used side campaigns in Gilvayar as a way to fill in the world. Uh, so that if they have the podcast ever interacted with it, it would make places more rich. So if they ever go to a town called Bartan on the Scimitar Peninsula, it is super fleshed out. All the shops are there. There's a bunch of NPCs they can interact with. It was my way of kind of like adding detail to the skeleton of my homebrew world. Um, yeah. So I'm more than happy to bring you guys there. But anyway, I am playing D&D again today uh, at about six o'clock. So here in about three hours. Um, and the cool thing is, um, I think I may have told you guys this, but our roommate uh, does production and he's been working for Omaze. So we got to do a shoot with Scarlett Johansson last week 
or two weeks ago. And then he did one with Joe Manganiello um, just last week. And he, uh, the cool thing is in the shoot, all of the stuff that you see in it, except the dice and the books. So all the miniatures, like the DM screen, they're all mine. Um, and so, but he wanted, I made, uh, I, I transformed one of the uh, base figures that they sell, the T-Rex, into the King of Feathers, which is a kind of like a named T-Rex character from the Tomb of Annihilation. And Joe apparently was super driving on it. And I jokingly texted back to Dylan when he was like, Joe wants your King of Feathers. I was like, what's he going to give me for it? And he actually said that to him. So then he was like, meh, but I have a chance for redemption because uh, one of Joe's buddies that plays at his table regularly is coming to play tonight at my house. Uh, so I'm going to just Ooh. hand him the King of Feathers and be like, hey, Joe was on a shoot recently, said he liked it. I don't need it. It's fine. Let him here. Next time you see him, just hand it to him. Um, so I'm, I'm still going to be able to get the King of Feathers at Joe Manganiello's table, even if I never get there. Uh, but I'm excited. Tonight's going to be fun. More Gil Vayar, Joe's buddy. His name is uh, MG, I believe. Seems like a really nice guy. We've texted a little bit. So <clears throat> that's uh, happening today. Uh, but that's been my whole week. Golden Age of Sigmar model streaming and D&D. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I just so, had a random question to shoot you guys, actually. Hmm. Uh, this is for both uh, all three of us, technically. Uh, regardless of whether or not, let's say, uh, here, I'll, I'll let me give me the base question. If you could play D&D with one person that, you know, that isn't fucking what's-his-dick from Critical Row, Roll. <laughs> Matt Mercer. Uh, yes, thank you. Who would you play D&D with? And if they don't know anything about D&D, in this case, they suddenly know and they're inspired and they want to play. With you. I already who have my answers. Who would that be? Uh, if it's somebody who knows D&D and that I admire that is not Matt Mercer, it's Chris Perkins. Um, he's uh, Easy cool enough. Guy. Yeah. Love Chris Perkins. Uh, I uh, And the other person would be, I'm not sure if he knows anything about it, but Alan Tudyk. I think Alan Tudyk would be a lot of fun to play with. <clears throat> what about you, Nick? Uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah. <laughs> who? Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl is always going to be my fucking answer. Yeah. Um, he's actually, uh, he looks a lot like the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. He's a, he was actually the drummer of Nirvana, bit. but he looks very similar to the, the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. It's uncanny, actually. Like they yeah. could be the same person. <laughs> Almost like they could be. Um, but yeah, no, because he seemed, so he was, he was the voice of, uh, the devil in Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, he's done a bunch of crazy stuff. And, like, if you ever watch, like, any of the documentaries with him, he just seems like a <clears throat> fucking goofball. So putting yeah. him in, like, a fantasy RP setting, like, I could only imagine what kind of fun that could be. Imagine if he actually, like, picks a bard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? He would be College of Glamour for sure. I think so, too. But, like, I also feel like he could swing wildly like the other. Imagine him playing, like, a super, super devout, no, super devout, like, cleric. Oh, yeah. Like, Music is the devil's work. Come on, come on. I All think right. he would be an ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Just because they're an so angel? fucking metal. They're so metal. Yeah. I, like if I was a DM ASMR for that, I'd allow him. I'd allow yeah. him. Yeah. He could be like, I, I mean, want to be I want to be a 20-foot... Uh, yes, sir. All yours. <laughs> Level 1, 20-foot glass. Okay, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wonderful. Tyler, what about I, you? I think I'm stuck between two people and you know for completely different reasons the first one would be probably michael winslow uh you might know him as the man of a thousand or ten thousand different woo, sound woo, effects woo. yeah mm -hmm. from family matters yeah, like uh, 
yeah. Oh, I was going to also say, for to me, my biggest uh, effect from him was Spaceballs. But yes, uh, <laughs> I, I think he, he would be just fun. Just like hearing him do like, I cast Fireball. <laughs> and like he does his own sound effects like so well that I think he would spend time like he would have to be a caster. Oh. He would definitely have to be a caster for sure. And if not, I would love to play fucking D&D with Barack Obama just to see what that's like. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be and I feel like he, he'd be a fucking bard for sure. He'd be always like, <sighs> I want to tell you about my policy. I don't know. I think he might be, be like a barbarian like, or some shit. No, oh, it's pally. definitely a charisma class. Yeah, like a paladin or something like that. He does. I can see like, that. Strong and I forthright. I would almost like just like think of him like as legitimately like just have like make a noble class like a playable class that isn't just like an even, npc or even a monk like, that dude is regal as hell a monk okay, okay. yeah Ooh. I, I you know because all you ever like even just visually like it just like reeks of wisdom you know mm. like age and wisdom like that's all that i you know just visually that's like <sighs> what i get god i miss him and his character 100% smokes because if he can't do it in real life, by God, he's going to do it in his fantasy world. You know, another name did come to me, uh, uh, and I had to Google it because, of, well, the name did come the person did. Uh, Phil Lamar, I think, would be fun. As well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil Lamar, specifically, I only know him, not only, but he does a whole bunch of things, but he's the voice of Samurai Jack, and that is one of my favorite, like, cartoons growing up. Like, he's... Okay. He's, you know, yeah. Yeah, for if if and this would be like my like personal like fantasy would be him playing a uh, 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 fighter who's a subclass with a samurai because that would be tight. Yeah, that would be that would be so like imagine having samurai Jack in your camp. Dudes, I if ever there is like if I ever get in in the voiceover world and I become friends with Sean Schimmel, I will remind him of the first time. We met, and he told me to be a voice actor, and he said he would play a Sun Soul monk at my table. I, ha I he said those words to me, so I can have Goku. Did you get in a blood con Goku. contract, though? No, no, but he's a nice guy, and if we ever became friends, I don't know why he would deny that. You know, like so that's on the bucket list. But you know, anyway, it's it's so too real for me to be like I wish for this. You need you need like a little goblin companion with him that's bald, and have him die. That way, you can just go. <laughs> Krillin, no! No, Krillin! Uh, anyway, um, we are a video game podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Are we actually? <laughs> so let's talk huh. about what we've been playing, because some of it seems like it's new. Some of it's a little bit of the same stuff, maybe with new sprinkled in, or new features, or new anything. Who would like to start talking about video games? I think we should talk about the game that all three of us played this week. <laughs> Glenn, Saturday night, we went to San Francisco. Oh, I forgot to write that one down. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, Minecraft. But we did. We did. Oh, man. Uh, we went so far away. <laughs> Glenn and Nick journey. had their first times uh, playing Minecraft, uh, and we played together. Actually, we had, what, six, seven people play at one time? Yeah. It was a lot. Let's see. Fun. Uh, us Nick three, Amanda, Brandon, Nick in the chat, and I'm pretty sure so six people. Yeah. Uh, plus... Uh, Potentially Apple Hoof later on, maybe. And yeah. then uh, Nikki joined on the server, uh, I think, two nights ago and built her house. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting. So, <laughs> being your first time, uh, what were you guys' first thoughts? Uh, were you able to enjoy it, or can you? Uh, is this something like a passing experience where it's like, okay, I play Minecraft, I understand, we keep moving. 
Um, this is a game I could not play alone. Mm. 100%. I don't think there's anything in the fucking world that convinced me to play this game alone. Um, Glenn, I want to apologize. Every time you've invited me, I was either about to leave for school or already at school. Um, and this week, <laughs> yeah, and this week was, you know, I wanted to play more, but uh, there are some specific things because the season is ending for Destiny that I had to get some things out of the way. But no, mm-hmm. like I had a good time. Uh, I think that first night we played for like a solid five, six hours or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And I just had a good time. It, it, it was hard. It, bec- like the game, honestly, it still looks like shit to me. Like I don't understand how people like the game. It looks like we can ass. Mod it. No, I, and I understand that. Like that's yeah, what but that's it's everybody's the fact been. That it's blocked based and simple. Yeah, I. It's it's not even that that is block based and simple. It's just it's quite literally like it looks like it's two bit. Like I play eight bit games. I enjoy eight bit games. This looks like it's like a quarter of that. It's just it's yeah. Like I I understand everybody. Everybody I've talked to is like yeah. That's why you get the fucking texture packs. Minecraft is great. I'm like I'm not trying to like bash the game. Like to me, it just looks like ass. And I feel like even with the texture pack, it's still all gonna be fucking blocky. And I don't like that. But most prettiest thing in the game was the sun rising the sunset and the clouds like by far mm. like that was the best thing in the game like yeah right and it's uh, definitely an aesthetic that you you either love or you don't you know yeah yeah and that was purely the reason like for me like aesthetic is a very strong factor for whether i'm gonna play a game or not before like even gameplay which is why mm-hmm. i can't get into wow like i really can't like i just don't like the way wow looks um yeah, no. yeah i, I just don't like it. I don't like the way um, League of Legends. Arms. Like, Whoa. I, it's just it's it just wonky. looks it looks PS4 very too- graphics. Oh, sorry, not PS4. 2004 graphics. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it looks it looks like it was made in 2003 and stayed in 2003. Like you it bet nev- your ass it does. It never Damn got like, I'm not even it asking for like it to so look great. <laughs> super 3D or any no like like maybe a little bit of a high you know like something that doesn't make it look like it's a fucking cartoon that's worse than a cartoon well unfortunately they still want to in an act of desperation blizzard decided in 2010 or 12 that they needed to keep the graphics in such a way that a toaster could still play oh, which is, they'd lose the which is commended which like yeah no just, it's just me personally i can't get over that but beyond that minecraft yeah. was great um I think I was like, I've never played Minecraft. Let's just try building shit and see what I need to build. Because that aspect reminded me a lot of No Man's Sky. And with mm-hmm. No Man's Sky, I think because No Man's Sky is so heavily themed around space and I love space, I have no problem doing the same shit that I do on No Man's Sky that I, you know, that Minecraft is based on. Where you just like go around, fucking dig, get resources, build things, make your house, like explore. And so with what when we were playing, I was just like, I want to build a house and I want to see what it's like and i want to try my thing because i'm not a creative that way like i don't have that your house looked awesome dude it looked wonderful yeah, yeah like it, it took a lot of, thank you it took a lot of like planning and like me figuring out how to place these stairs the right way like how high should the fucking roof be when i'm placing these like that water took me physics while to and minecraft it's, yeah <laughs> it's so weird how when you try to you want to build a house that's yours suddenly you have to get like at least a high uh, high school degree in architecture just trying to figure things out because it's like <laughs> Okay, this is gonna go up three blocks, which means I need this much space uh, horizontally in order to build a staircase without it looking like garbage. And building a second floor is like a completely different challenge than say building a first level floor, because then you got to consider everything. And yeah, I uh, I totally understand. My problem is, uh, despite hardly anybody, well, no one's on when I'm playing. You know, aka you know three to six a.m. But 
know, thankfully Glenn is streaming, and whenever he's streaming, he'll get my wife to play, which is fantastic. I get to watch them build and discover and stuff. Uh, and it's cool watching different people expand their horizons on the game. Uh, I hate it when Amanda and Glenn explore because it's, it's like, okay, I've seen all this shit. But then Glenn will react to something, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And I'll be like... <laughs> Then I'll go, you know, what the fuck is that? Because I have no idea either, because they keep adding random shit. Over <laughs> we the found past mushroom years. cows! We found fucking mushroom cows. An cows island that, that was nothing mushrooms. but mushrooms <laughs> and red cows that you can milk for mushrooms. And it's like, what the fuck? That's, what that's interesting. Cream of mushroom milk. <laughs> uh, and as a result, I want to still feel like a part of the server by building. So oh, that's all I do. I, get, I, I, and I fucking build. I'll build something. Problem is, though, I realized Sky Bridge. It's just a bridge. Well, it's a bridge to Nikki's house now because she took that land bridge and she went all the way across in that thing, jumped off, and that's her new home now. And she's what? like, "Your island's a little overpopulated. I'm gonna find my own place to strike out." I'm like, that that awesome. That's fair. And as a result, you know, Glenn, you have your house, and you know, it's fairly to the point. It's uh, quaint. Uh, Amanda has her own little island that she's been expanding on here and there. Brandon played twice, tried building a train station, then left the state. Uh, <laughs> Nick, you've, you've played, you know, the one time, but yeah, every single time I get on, I build. Now, sometimes it's just, you know, build, let's say, maybe it's just building a pathway. Maybe it's just putting flowers here and there. Maybe it's a whole fucking new house. Maybe it's a giant tower that goes up to the clouds that has lava pouring from it. And... I'm hitting the point where it's like, if I keep building, I'm gonna, like, have half the fucking town. I don't want to be that dominating anymore. It's like, I love building, but it's like, it's kind of discouraging when nobody else is building anything crazy or fun. And so, I'm starting to slow down from it. But, That's good. Uh, I think, honestly, it seems like this is one of those things where we're playing it vanilla. We're playing with no mods so that, you know, us new guys can at least get used to the mechanics of the game. And then we can start modding and adding texture packs or you know, electricity and solar panels and all these other fun things that we've heard about um, that will just Ooh, make the somebody game Somebody told you about the solar more. panels, huh? You did. I heard about how interesting oh. it is to farm for all the resources for that. So, oh I mean, I'm gosh, excited it's about... A... I'm, I'm, it's weird, uh, but I'm excited to restart it with a game that you enjoy more because I feel like that will be deeper with the same amount of exploration because I feel like some of those mods may add new levels to the exploration as well. Um, right. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be really cool. But I love playing with you guys. It's so much fun. What you're talking about is a mod called uh, Tekkit. Uh, <laughs> Tekkit Light's the version I do because Tech. there's a version called Tekkit Classic, the original mod, that caused all sorts of problems because it gives you new materials and stuff to play with. But at the same time, it introduces the concept of uh, equivalent exchange where if... Yes... So you'll eventually like build a machine where it's like, if I put, you know, 20 stacks of dirt in, it can convert it to three diamonds. And it's like, that's cool, I guess, but it just seems like then you're just going to put this one machine and then destroy the entire world and just turn that into diamonds. It just doesn't seem as fun. You know, I want you to work for the diamonds still. Kind oh, of yeah. Thing. I would highly but prefer finding them in the dirt. The problem is, though, A, I don't want to, you know, not reset the server, but put it on the back burner. To continue to try to lure Nick back in so we can, you know, have him enjoy and understand Minecraft a little bit better. That way, if we do do a server reset and go into this modded version, people will come back, but Nick's going to be like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is that? That's me and even I, in the vanilla version, so... 
that's why I don't want to switch over, and that's why I'm okay with just collecting shit and just building stuff just to have fun with them. Yeah. And I just don't want you to get bored of it because you feel like you're, you know, you're putting more in than everyone else. Because I, I mean, like the other day, you and I just literally went on a journey for like two and a half hours into the blue yard. Find fucking pandas. Find pandas, and we, and we did, and we those could. pandas fucked a lot more than we thought they would. And I had to do yeah. some things. World Wildlife Foundation needs to understand. Uh, just look at the Minecraft to learn how to get pandas to fuck. Turns out, just feed them lots of bamboo. Let them sit here. But don't, don't, don't breed, don't breed them too much. And also, we'll you said we it. found pandas. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glenn's uh, totally sidelining me. He's like, just shut the fuck up, Tyler. Yeah. Shut Minecraft. Your shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I think we should schedule a play date to where we get to play together again sometime I would soon. Love Just, that. Yes, please. But, uh, Nick, specifically, I want to play with you, man. I love yeah. playing with you. Heck yeah. Break, break yourself away from Apex Legend. Spend some time with us, mate. <sighs> I'll try. I'll but try. it's like you said, yeah. it's only a game. I, I honestly feel the same. Like, every time I've gotten on, it's been because there's been people to play with. And even if I'm mining down, you know, by myself, I'll hear, you know, Amanda or someone just go, oh, what? Let's do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this thing. Fuck this tunnel. And I just leave and go do that thing. I always end up doing things with people, you know? So I'm right there with you. Like this game is definitely more enjoyable when played with friends. So um, I think my next big thing that I want to shoot for is getting something called, an, I don't know if it's an Elytra or an Elytra, but it's basically a pair of wings that you wear in your back and it allows you to either fly or glide. But I have no idea how to get them in vanilla Minecraft, so I'm kind of curious to see uh, how that works. I need it. <laughs> I agree. And on that vein, though, we were kind of we're talking about like world building games, like uh, uh, what's oh my gosh, No Man's Sky, which I put way too much time into, and I still need to jump into the new thing because there's living ships now um, that you can raise from eggs and then fly around space in. Um, but a game that I've come back to recently. Uh, as there's a new expansion that came out, I believe, at, at late January, early February, um, was, is Arc Genesis. Um, they have a season pass now and everything, so you can, you know, like there's a new one coming out, I believe, winter of this year as well, on top of Genesis coming out. Um, and let me tell you, boys, Arc is a beautiful game. It's a lot of fun. It's very pretty. But boy, do they release buggy. There? Yeah, they release buggy games. That's their only big problem. Uh, for the longest time, that you've been able to uh, play on a server that's run by another machine, so you don't have to pay for servers or play on an official server. Like if you had an Xbox and an Xbox, you could have that Xbox run a server, and then you and your friends can play on it as long as the Xbox is going. And you don't have to. What's pay the name Trotto. of the company that made Arc? Uh, Wildcard Studio Wildcard. Mm -hmm. and, and they split off Glenn. and made another game, uh, Atlas. Uh, half their development team made Atlas. Yeah, I'm flip flip uh, flip flopping my stance on uh, being an artist. If they can take you know a different thing, just copy over it and then make that into it's arc, this, then yeah. fuck it. Well, I'm an artist. You mean Atlas? You mean Atlas? Yeah, no, Atlas a is Atlas, like 95 yes. percent of the same code as arc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, yeah. You're absolutely an artist. Never doubt that, buddy. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been really fun. I uh, it took a while. Uh, I forgot that with Nitrado, <laughs> PCs can play on Windows. 10 a windows 10 version through the microsoft store or they can play on steam um and if you rent a server because the dedic player dedicated servers that could be run through other machines 
are no longer an available option in Arc Genesis. So you have to rent a server unless you want to play on an official one or somebody else's server. So I was like, screw it, it's $13, I'll do it. And I bought it and tried for like three hours to try and get on there, have it show up on the list, only to remember that you have to buy an Xbox server that has cross-play enabled in order to play, because he's on an Xbox One X and I'm on a PC. Um, so I bought the second one, I actually need to message them probably in, on Monday they'll transfer my server time over to this other server because I'm not going to take my business away. I just don't need the PC server. So, but it's right. been a lot of fun. There's a lot of new stuff to explore. They have a lot of really cool. They have actual missions in Ark. Missions that you can do in the world to progress a story instead of just tame the biggest dinosaurs. Um, Build the wall. Yeah, I built a castle once. That's actually one thing I'm going to do with some of my players in D&D made a castle and they gave me the layout and so i'm going to make it in arc and then surprise them with it so but yeah so nick you said you wanted to do that on minecraft i'm excited to see it Ooh, nice. do what but yeah so that's a game i've been make playing a, nick said uh well i believe you said that you wanted to make a castle that had like a lava moat and all yes that. no i wanted to, not a castle i want to just do that around my house right now ultimate security <laughs> your house I is made some, out of uh, wood lava. are you sure you want to do that well it, like half of it is cobblestone so Okay, but insurance policy, do whatever you need to. <laughs> we can get a, uh, a mining pick with Feather Touch. We, can, we found some glaciers that you can mine and put those in between the lava and your house. <laughs> Just I nice think glaciers. if you do that, it'll turn the water, and then the water will hit the lava and it'll turn to obsidian. So uh, we got to be careful on that, too. Love obsidian. I want to make a whole house. Anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to talk about as far as survival mining Make a whole game. house out of obsidian, uh, the madness. Your house would never blow up from creepers, that's for fucking sure, but you'd spend like three hours just to try to get enough blocks. <laughs> but if you can do it. Could you make oh, an Nick's elevator in Minecraft? Uh, what kind of elevator are you talking about? Elevator that just goes, just a elevator. Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, there's, they made like, they call them elevators, where it's basically methods of uh, having water push you up and all that stuff. And there's different methods of doing that, but uh, there's nothing that can just raise you up and down like that. What Although, if, people have shown me different shit that surprised me. Yes, what Glenn. What if you made a vertical shaft with rails on the side with a cart that could only go to the top and bottom of the shaft and you built a platform on it sideways so that it moves up and down? I mean, if probably like the simplest version of that is just building like, a, let's say, a six by six hole in the ground all the way to the bottom. You could put minecart tracks all the way around and curve it all the way up and just put a shit ton of power rails and they'll shoot you all the way up. So if you want to have a, a house on the bot bedrock and the, you know, the deepest part of the earth, you could. Yeah. I was thinking of like, just like, out you can in, also use ladders just out in the ocean and a house is just, it just fucking goes, you know, it just goes shoots straight up in the sky <laughs> and then you enter at the base and you have to take a cart that just shoots you up. I think that would, good. that would be really fucking cool. Nick, yeah. it sounds like you got another plan. That's quite awesome. the project. Yeah. I will help you. I was thinking about trying to do like a, not to go back to Minecraft, but we are, uh, set up like a bulletin board of like uh, quests and stuff like, hey, get this much stuff. And as a resort, uh, result, they'll give you like, you know, three diamonds for this thing. Just kind of like a bounty board of sorts. And uh, probably this though, <laughs> pretty much, you know, just put a chest, you put the item in the chest, you pull it out and whatnot kind of thing. But, I mean, I'm not sure if that's really motivation for you guys to keep going on something like that. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, Arc Genesis. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. 
They introduced uh, new ex-dinos, which are uh, dinosaurs that have been affected by whatever this circumstance is that have made them stronger. Like Pokemon? And wildly mega evolution? No, it just, it'd be like Raptor X. There's no hyphen. It's just. That's a mega, like, that's a mega evolution. Yeah, you defeat them, you get two prize cards. Well, they're slightly stronger. They have cool colorations. They are, uh, they're pretty dope. Uh, Everything you're saying about his name is sounds like a mega evolution. It's a bug. Do you hold they, up your they, wrist they and something shoots out of your wrist? They don't change in appearance at all except for the coloration. Uh, well, they're not bigger. They don't have larger claws. They don't have well, that's Gigantamaxing or uh, whatever it's called. Okay, so Super Saiyan. Kind of, yeah. They're Super Saiyan, yeah. But they also, the cool thing, I think my favorite thing about this that they've introduced is they've introduced kind of like a... Uh, forget her name is like hlna helena and she's basically a ghost like from destiny that's a capital she floats around and she like (laughs) it's hlna so people just call her helena uh but yeah so she she is the one that can uh because there's a bunch of different biomes and if you played extinction at all uh the big problem with extinction is that having all of those places on one load screen was a clusterfuck for anybody's system even if you're running a pc and so They've done it so that now Helena is a a quest giver, B a store item thing because you're closing off glitches as you move around and completing missions. And as you do that, you get a currency that you can spend to get possible like chests that'll give you really cool items or you can use it uh, directly. I need black pearls so I can use some of this currency that I gain to do that. Mm. But also she You'll need to talk to Captain Jack Sparrow for that. (laughs) Yeah. But she also teleports you between the biomes, so you can go to any biome you want uh, just by looking at her and everything around you goes with you, along with other players or dinosaurs, if you want to, like, take them to places. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, we found a mission the other day where it was in the ocean biome, and it was just, ride this manta ray around this course as fast as possible. <laughs> sounds so, like, sounds kind of like something you do in Pokemon. Right, it, well, okay, sure. But, like, either way, it's a prettier more creative version of Pokemon because I can also build anything that I want. And they've done a good job of bringing in uh, features from other things like Aberration and Scorched Earth. Uh, and dinosaurs <laughs> dinosaurs, and uh, mineable items and resources that would be only available in that, re- in that expansion are now all in the different biomes in interesting ways. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. After the th- four hours of frustration of trying to get onto the server, it was good for about an hour and a half before I had to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm glad you managed to fix your server. Hopefully, it sounded like uh, staying connect. Not to go back to Minecraft. I'm glad you're able to find a way to connect uh, properly to it because I know you kept getting kicked off. It's hit and miss. I'm just such a fiery dude. If you've ever seen Full Metal Alchemist, I'm just Edward Elric. I'm just always, just always ragey. You know so. It's me. You might be fiery, but I think you're more fury if you get my drift. <laughs> because I'm playing WoW Classic and I'm a fury warrior now, and not Hell a weird yeah. two-handed weapon or one two-handed weapon slam warrior, fury warrior. <laughs> no, uh, but some of my guildies helped me do the Mira's song quest, so I got that really good offhand, and then I bought a sword call for my main hand called the Sword of Zeal and Respect and. Uh, my DPS output is significantly better. I even got one of the Dalren swords already, too. Just waiting to get the wow. second one. Yeah. Uh, but I'm my DPS is just way better now. Um, so I'm able to contribute a lot more in raids. So 
That's a lot of fun. It's so weird, because last I knew, like, modern-day uh, Fury Warriors were more focused on PvP versus, uh, you know, PvE. Yeah, so, it's swapped. Yet, Arms are PvP and Fury is PvE. Yeah, that, that's fine with me. It's cool having two two-handed weapons, one in each yeah. hand. Well, and I still have all my big, nice one- or two-handed weapons that I can use in PvP, uh, like Earthshaker and OEB and stuff like that, um, that if I really ever want to and I want to fuck some shit up with some big two-handers, I don't have to respec necessarily to get their, you know, their static effects to help me out in PvP, so they're a lot of fun. Good deal. Yeah. Awesome. And we got some of our friends to come back, too. We had a little migration from the guild, and they're coming back, so. Not all of them, but Welcome a decent home. amount of them. Yeah, no, it's a Welcome lot of fun. Um, seems like a wait. I didn't realize wait. that was out already. Tyler, you've been playing an OG classic remake. I didn't realize that was out. Oh, uh, it's a not. A demo of it came out. Oh, what is this yeah. game? So the game that you're uh, referring to is the Final Fantasy VII remake that was supposed to come out uh, four days ago, but due to maybe not the coronavirus, but uh, due to production uh, delays and all that stuff, it's coming out in one month, I believe. April 3rd, which is sad because I'll be in Canada at that point, then I'll be pining to go home so I can nerd out, but, you know, beyond the details. They did release a demo around, like, 24 hours of their original release date just to keep us sated, and so I got to play the uh, bombing mission of Final Fantasy VII in their new format. And holy shit, is that a change. That is a bad. change. It, good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so... When they said remake, and that's understandably true, it, it, it is 100% a fucking remake. Like, the storyline is all there, and they, like, try to keep, like, all the pinpoints of the story, like, tied in line, especially with that first mission. But everything else, the battle style and all that stuff, is totally Final Fantasy XV-esque. It, it feels mm. like I've never played Final Fantasy XV a day in my life, but if... It feels just like what it would be like to play Final Fantasy XV. And it's really nice. Uh, the first thing I want to say is the voice acting on every line. That's very nice. Versus hearing, you know, ding, ding, that weird-ass 8-bit sound effect whenever you hit X to go to the next thing. And it makes things feel very real. Uh, there are, uh, for lack of better way of saying it, reimagining a Barrett Wallace, the... Uh, the main African American, well, sorry, African Midgardian uh, character in the game uh, is interesting. Very interesting. They turn him into. He's always been the vulgar, macho kind of guy, but they decided to make him look, uh, instead of just like a an angry man, they turned him into. Feels like something that you would see from fucking like the Matrix, just like super serious bad guy. Like they took Neo and then made him giant and gave him a gun, essentially. And just wearing sunglasses, always, you know, talking cool and shit. Like, you better watch out, fucking soldier. I'm gonna fuck. Uh, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't try to imitate it, but uh, he sounds cool as shit. And it's also cool because the rest of the players that you get to meet, despite knowing in the original Final Fantasy, they. You know, they're not forever. It's cool that they created characters that I've been able to latch onto. I, I feel like I enjoy their company a little bit more instead of just like placeholder character here. And uh, I think they did a great job with the way they laid out the story and everything. Uh, they did it professionally. The only thing I'm a little bit nervous about is uh, before you just hit, you know, a button, you attacked, and then you wait like, you know, eight seconds for your turn to happen again. But now I'm attacking, everything's real time. Uh, and that freaks me the fuck out. Like, 
The nice thing is whenever you're trying to cast magic or an item, it kind of like slows the game down to a grinding uh, slow halt. And that allows me to actually be optional without getting my ass kicked while, the, you know, a boss or something. You're really going to have to think instead of just pressing X to attack the entire time because they're introducing different types of enemies that, well, the same enemies, but they have different strategies to them. Like, hey, this enemy's ranged, so you got to switch over to Barret to fuck it up. Or uh, maybe this enemy is uh, resistant to melee damage, so you're going to have to cast uh, magic to try to stagger it to lower its defense and stuff like that. And it's a weird system to me because last time I seen this kind of system is Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> it just, uh, you know, find the enemy's weak point, use this item or magic, and there you go. And it seems like it they're looks uh, fully remaking every aspect of it, including Square Enix's contract with PlayStation to keep it a timed exclusive. Really? It's time exclusive that- till March 3rd, 2021 on the PS4. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. Like, as much as I could ask for from a Final Fantasy VII remake. And I wanted to play more, man. I want to I wanna play so much more. I can't wait for this game to come out. And uh, when so I fired it up... The I- demo did its job then. Sated you. Yes. It made you excited. Stoked the fire a little bit. Uh... I pointed this out on uh, Twitter. It felt kind of silly. It's like, badass demo. Let's give you credits. Wait, there's no credits. Let, let me just give you this. Buy our game, please. Do you want to... Wait, uh, well, you beat the demo. Should we c- congratulate you? No. We're going to congratulate you by giving you two options. Buy the game or buy the upgraded version of the game. That's a congratulations. Please give us money. And, uh, you know, it just it felt kind of s- self-serving. But, I mean, I guess it's a demo, so it makes sense. But, yeah. yeah. It was free, so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Thank it. You. Gave me something to look forward to. I really liked the voice acting. The music was fantastic. It felt nostalgic. It You hit certain places like, holy shit, they, it looks just like it was in Final Fantasy VII, but in a different format. And I, yeah. yeah. But because I was on the PS4 a lot, I noticed I had a couple of games that I didn't quite finish. I just kind of left the die, essentially, and I decided to pick them back up. It turns out some games just don't die, Glenn. Which one didn't die? Uh, in this case, I decided to play Death Stranding again. Uh, so, Baby you know, game! I, like, I, had no, I had no reason to stop so much as I found other games uh, at the time. And uh, yeah, I decided to pick up Death Stranding, sunk another eight or so hours into it. And I think we're past the point to where... Uh, spoilers and stuff right like uh, i think people if you're gonna play you're gonna play even if i give a spoiler people are gonna have like no fucking idea what the fuck i'm talking about anyways until it happens so this is Uh, where you put that loud spoiler alert spoiler alert so if you don't want to hear this skip to you know whatever time stamp (laughs) yeah uh skip to one hour go fuck yourself minutes and uh (laughs) You know, see, see what happens. I'll, I'll say Death Stranding every uh, 45 seconds, just to make sure you guys know that we're on the same page. So I hit uh, episode or chapter three, which is the point to where uh, people who are able to review the game initially stopped. And so uh, I just discovered the main antagonist of the game. Uh, he's supposed to be a villain, but so far he just looks like an asshole with superpowers, which yeah, I guess technically makes you a villain by uh, retrospect, but... Honestly, uh, the main goal of the game is to go to each place, because this is a walking mailman simulator, and uh, connect each place after sucking their dick and making sure that they're happy with whatever bullshit rhetoric they need done. And this guy is there to make sure that doesn't happen. But beyond that, I've been doing a lot of walking, you know? I've walked. I did lots of walking. 
Do you so make much sure, walking. I'd, do you deliver yeah. the packages though? Sometimes. I, I when I came back to the game, I realized that I don't really want to challenge. I just want to enjoy the game. I bumped it from. I think I had it either at normal or one step above normal. I just dropped it easy. Fuck it, because you know it's like it. It's basically the same thing, except in this case, I'm having to worry less about certain shit, like the those nano machine BTs and all that stuff, and um, the mules, the exporters, essentially that just want my shit for no reason. They just want it so they can get more likes. And as a result, I've been having a better time with the game. I've uh, been enjoying uh, doing sneaking missions and also just running from my fucking life. <laughs> they they keep adding more and more shit. And it's been freaking me the fuck out because it's like, okay, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, yes. Each time I deliver something, I'm almost guaranteed to get something new. Uh, for example, in the this area that I'm at, there's like three outposts. Uh, one of them gave me the ability to give me power legs. Where basically was like an exoskeleton to attach to your hips and helps you walk and carry more shit. So I went for... Yeah, pretty much. Except it's for my legs specifically. It's also solar powered, so that's nice. So, you know, I can just use it normally and it'll charge up the batteries. Or I can just start Iron Manning it through the fucking fields. And it, I think it doubled my carrying capacity. So I went from like looking like a pack mule to... Okay, I got this rail cannon of loot that's on my back at this point that's, you know, about 15 feet high. So I'm enjoying that. It's been uh, stabilizing and making my walking a little bit more easier. And then I'm like, hey. It was Rhodey War Machine, not Falcon, I bet. Oh, okay. That's that's fair. Uh, And the other thing was uh, they gave me a fucking motorcycle, which you get in the first, like, in the opening cutscene of the game, you get a motorcycle, you lose it. Because of, uh, you know, the storyline. And they uh, allow you to build one for yourself again. Problem is, though, this entire fucking map has more rocks than, like, a WWE session. Like, there's so many fucking rocks. Like, Dwayne Johnson everywhere. And... (laughs) It just clicked. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And we... And because of that, it's like, well, why would I use a motorcycle? Yeah, it can go faster and I save, you know, my boot durability but if i'm gonna keep hitting rock and like they're like hey friend before you leave this town we got a little side quest you might want to do maybe we don't know it's called an auto paver and so as a person that's been walking across the wilderness for hours in this game which translates to god knows how long in you know the actual game itself they introduce something called an auto paver where the community if they choose to can Give a bunch of materials to build a highway system across the entire area that you've gone to. And so, you know, I went to this quest. They gave me the materials just as like a test run. And suddenly I have US-23 or, or US-31 just fucking across this entire map. And it goes from like surviving the wilderness with evil nano machines and people that want to murder you so they can steal your Amazon packages to... I'm on a motorcycle. It's just just fucking going down the road, just nonchalantly. I go across the entire map that would have taken me three hours to do. In five minutes, it's like, what? You know, I'm looking around. There's enemies that see me, and they're like, we're going to get you. Just gone. I'm like, you better keep running. (laughs) We're going to get you. Get off my rock lawn. And so I got to enjoy that, the motorcycle and whatnot combo, but then, like, a mile before my destination, the highway ends, so I tried traversing the mountains with, you know, Dwayne Johnson's everywhere, accidentally got on a cliffside that's above my building down below, so I'm like, 
I bet this fucking thing's durable. Let's see. And so I tried to gear it up and I go over this cliffside at about five miles an hour. And uh, this game does a great job with, uh, you know, the laws of physics and all that stuff. I go down, wheel down. I pretty much turn vertical going downwards and my motorcycle blows up. <laughs> uh, nearly killing me and destroying all my, my packages scatter everywhere. Uh, Did you say nearly killing you? Yes, I lived. Okay. <laughs> so yes, go off cliffside, five miles an hour, trying to beef it up because I was so heavy it took a while. Turns vertical, goes straight down, almost uh, wildy e. coyote style, blows up my motorcycle, and I had to walk the rest of the way. And my first thought was like, motherfucker, it took me you know two hours to get here before I I'm gonna have to spend. A long time walking this highway just to get back. And mind you, this highway will deteriorate because of the fucking time fall rain over time. Thankfully, apparently, I can just make motorcycles nearly fucking everywhere. So I'm just... I, I got a Harley Davidson factory uh, every single stop I go to. As long as it's connected to this bullshit network that I'm trying to do to complete the game. So got to enjoy that. Uh, got to learn how to control... Uh, not control weather, but I did an event that was like, Hey, you can now see where the time fall is. Cool. I don't care. <laughs> and uh i think the last thing i got to do is i went to a farm and they had me deliver beer which was interesting and the last thing i want to point out before i, I finish my update here is i saw something from horizon zero dawn and that freaked me the fuck out horizon zero dawn is made by gorilla games which is a first party for sony and uh has n no ties as far as i'm aware to dust stranding but somebody built a like a, a generator or some kind of you know just a, ch a chill tower to connect to just for some reason and they had a holograph of from horizon zero dawn their equivalent of a giant ass giraffe and in horizon zero dawn these are the things that you climb to get a map the area and i just you know i walk out of this farm connect to the network which means i see everything else that people have built and this giant 100 foot tall hologram starts walking towards me and it freaked me the fuck out i thought i was about to do battle and i was like wait is that from fucking horizon zero dawn and it's the exact model. I've, oh, that was the thing you uh, tweeted earlier today. Yes. Or I have yesterday. no idea. I look, I tried looking it up, and apparently in Horizon Zero Dawn, there's a little shout-out to where uh, there's, like, you know, you can find lost relics. And like, ah, you found this uh, this helmet antique, and it's the fucking logo of uh, Kojima Productions, essentially. The skeleton in a Spartan space suit helmet thing. And apparently Kojima has ties to Gorilla in some shape or way, like a like a, a nod, I guess. So Horizon Zero Dawn does something, and apparently Death Stranding did something in return as a bit of an Easter egg, if you will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I almost uh, kept playing until like noon or something, but I had to cut myself off. I I enjoy walking the shit, as it turns out. It's not peaceful, but it's doing. I don't know how to review it. I don't know what to talk about it. Death Stranding. <laughs> That's my review. Huh. What about it's you, Nick? You said you were trying to get through some... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. I was going to say one out of one. one okay. Uh, I was just thinking you... you 100% Haas. Talked about you uh, doing finishing up some things in Destiny. What were you doing? Um, Fucking playing Gambit, unfortunately. Gambit and Strikes, because I have to get some of the seasonal stuff. Um, Yeah. Not the most fun. Don't like Gambit. Can't stand Gambit. Do you, do you get a t-shirt or something you can buy as a result? Or? I get an in-game title. Don't you have a cool title already, though? Yes, but I want this because it's easy to get, and I should be able to get it 
but it's a fucking chore. What is the title? Savior. Ooh, that's cool. Oh my. But I already have a title called Undying. And oh yeah, I've seen that on your name. Uh, Wayfarer, which is my favorite. That was the original title that I unlocked. Um, but you know, <laughs> I fucking hate myself, so I want this title too. I respect that. World of Warcraft, I've not farmed, but you know, there's a lot of titles in the. I'm not sure if it's in Classic, but there's titles in the uh, retail version of the game that are cool shit to strive for. Like, uh, I defeated the Lich King in Ten Man, so I got the title uh, the Kingslayer, and I felt cool. But then there's the 25 version of that where it was like, you know, some bullshit titles like, ooh, I kind of want to go for that. I'm, I'm very close to Kingslayer, but I want more. Yeah, I'm very close to just giving up on it because, you know what? Undying sounds way cooler than Savior. I've just rationalized because I really just don't want to fucking grind it out. So I hey, think uh, I'm just going to give up on it. You're not American. I don't see why you'd want the Savior complex uh, to kick in. <laughs> You say savior, I say freedom enforcers. You say undying, I say badass. But you've also been playing Apex this week. Is yeah. there like anything that you're trying to get? I don't know if no, that's a base at no, all. No, there's a new event and I don't even know if there are achievements. We're not even trying anything. It's just me and my friends Ricky and Dose. Like they're they're not playing D2 anymore. I don't blame them. Um, <laughs> they're really mean. Uh, no, we're, we're just all assholes. So don't ever take it personally. Like really don't ever take We're just all assholes. We, Every we're time just, I play Destiny with them, like, he just says things to me, and I know who, he's Ricky? just got a dark... I don't even know who it's probably one Ricky. of the people that usually rolls with probably Nick in Ricky. a stream, but they, like, they just say things, and I'm like, this is your sense of humor, but I don't know if I like it. it. And I'm just, I just, if you ever hear me get real quiet, that's me being like, I don't know how to respond. I don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> we're assholes back at each other. I don't, I don't, I can only do it for so long, and they, they, yeah, they it's, outlast me. It's the the difference between um, what you just described and Ricky is that Ricky knows when to stop when it gets like like some somebody says something that's like fucked or he knows he says something like like really fucked then he'd be like but it, otherwise he's aware and so which is why like there's a specific group of people we're able to stand each other um, but but and it's really just us riffing on each other but not it's never gotten super bean it's mostly like you know hey you know i felt you know i went out and i had a good time like did you see that picture of me they're like no because it's your face <laughs> like shit like that you know but it's never gotten to yeah. the point where it's like it's never like even with close group it's never gotten like to the point of like racist or discriminatory or like yeah. like I'm or, just like surprised. even like it's <laughs> like and it's, it's also so like when it comes constant. to destiny it's it, yeah it's but it's not it's Honestly, uh, I used to play Destiny with a guy. His name was also Tyler. Not you, Tyler. A different Tyler. This is a while back. Um, True, because you never played with me. I I couldn't play with him because it was... was it Tyler it, 1? It was bad. No, it wasn't Tyler if you 1. you say I, he was too mean... He wasn't... No, it wasn't about him being mean. Like, it, like being mean is one thing, but he was negative. And I'm, ta- I'm not even talking about negative Nancy. I'm talking about, like, you, it's like when there's somebody who's in a foul mood sitting next to you, and they're just sucking away all your energy by not even... Like, they're just, like, absorbing all, like, the joy in the world. Uh, uh I, I was gonna s- not say it, Glenn, but anytime that you Sometimes get, like... No, this League is... League of Legends. I, I, this is, like... It, <sighs> I can't even describe it. Does it make it. me this seem like a little ray of sunshine? Even on yes. my worst days? Wow. 100%. No, yeah, like, like it's, it's, I can't play with them because they're, they'll hop on and, 
Like, there's a difference between me saying when I'm playing fuck D2 or Apex and we're constantly dying, like, I fucking hate this game, versus, I can't, I fucking hate this game, dude. Why? Why? And I'm like... <laughs> That's just me and TFT. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, so, uh, me, Ricky, and Dose, I love the shit out of them, but, uh, we're playing Apex because, um... It's another shooter game, and unfortunately, like, that's all we are. It's like it's coded in our bloods. It's like it's just ingrained in us, and that's one of the better ones out right now. To put it in a perspective, uh, just from my viewpoint, and this is an outsider's perspective, it seems like Nick and his comrades are basically, like, in Pokemon senses, they're using the move toxic on each other, like, all the time. But because they're all poison type, it doesn't affect each other. It, like, t to the outside person, it's like, holy shit, how much PP and Toxic do they have? They keep using on each other. Oh, yeah. But you're all immune to it. Yeah, we talked about that. Tyler. I'm like, ha, 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 we, ow, no. We, we talk about that all the time. We're like, anytime, if either Dose or Ricky is streaming, and then if Dose is streaming, me and Ricky are just being assholes to each other in chat. And in DMs on, on fucking Discord, we're fucking helping each other out with some shit. But you're like, if anybody comes in right now, they'll think we hate each other. We're like, yeah, probably. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, it took me, a, I'm going to say, at least two days to get used to, like, the way that you and Eugene treat each other. <laughs> and then I immediately acclimated to it. Uh, I f Don't ever do that in front of Snap, so I feel like she would just sit you down like naughty school children and just yell at you guys for being so condescending to each other. Uh, no, I, I, don't wanna, I don't even want that conversation to happen because Eugene will stand his ground and Eugene will have an argument and I'm like, I don't... I, don't like getting into arguments when Eugene's get like I don't like getting to arg Eugene's arguments or being around them because people get so frustrated with him and he loves it he lives off that like he just likes playing devil's advocate to piss people off and like I love it but I also hate it because I'm just like I just want everybody to be f like have fun and like be okay and he's like I'm gonna poke him right here because I know it hurts <laughs> I mean, when you're having a debate that's starting to get heated, you gotta ask yourself, and this is why I always call the golden question, does it seem like the person, given the right amount of circumstance, is ever gonna change their viewpoint in any way? If the answer is no, it means you're wasting your fucking breath and move on. Yep. yep. So, when you, when you say if Eugene is never gonna budge from that viewpoint, it's like, and nothing you're gonna say is gonna happen, you're just basically talking to a wall that makes and, you angry so. and it's not even him budging from a viewpoint he'll take a viewpoint to piss somebody off on purpose he'll build the wall yeah, um, yeah, oh did i do a bad comparison to that's uh, that's uh. eugene i love him but speaking of things that are <laughs> controversial and or things that poke us in bones that we don't like that kind of uh moves into the topic of the show which is video game adaptations whether they are uh, the best ones that we can think of, the worst ones, or movies or TV shows that have been taken from video games and transferred to another form of media. Um, what if you guys had to choose like your least favorite one, kind of on the the gamut of ones that have been made? What do you think would be yours? The worst ones? Yeah, best or worst. Oh, I mean, I I, I kind of I didn't want to ask too pointed no. of a question, and I guess I did. No, um, it's okay. Go ahead and go for worse. We'll see yeah, what happens we'll here. start with the worst and then move on to the stuff that we like. We can finish positive with that, you know? That way we can end positive. <laughs> okay, I'll work with you here. Okay. Uh, personally, for me, it's yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Um, the, the, can't do it. The, the movie or the yeah, cartoon the, the show? the live-action remake. Uh, 
But it was so good. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. But oh, the no. Goombas? Bowser? Okay, yeah. The Goombas were yeah. so bad and Bowser was so bad. No, because when I was a kid, I didn't have any frame reference. I just knew my dad played Super Mario and I knew what it looked like, but it didn't bother me that the Goombas looked different or anything. But then I watched it again as like a teenager and I was like, this is so just raucously bad bad it's almost like they were trying to piss fans of this series off look they only had a budget and this is a 1993 film they only had a budget of 48 million dollars which is actually incredible amount back in the day in 1993 yeah and so what they made less than half of that back in the box office entirely since it came out it's still like classic classically bad it's an example of how not to do an adaptation it wouldn't be, in my mind, it wouldn't have been so bad if they didn't already. It's kind of like when they did the live action, this isn't a video game, the live action of Avatar The Last Airbender. You have all of the resource material that you need, and the, the good thing and the bad thing is it's easily accessible, so people know what you're working with. You know, other things that are more obscure, like if you adapt a novel, you know, that's a little more open for interpretation. But you can't just change the way things look or what people, how people's names are pronounced. Because this is made for the fans. And that's why I think, in my mind, that is the reason why, for me, that it's the worst video game adaptation. Just because of how many things they changed with no want and reason. It sucks because this movie was it performed so poorly that it caused Nintendo to decide to, for a very long time, to never allow any adaptations happen from their stuff in third-person movies and all that stuff. And... I think it started to change just a little bit uh, based off of like their success with Pokemon and all that stuff. They eventually made their own movies, obviously, but uh, like they got burnt so many times. Anytime they let somebody out of the house mess with something, it turned out pretty bad. The CDI Zelda games, the Mario movie, the the Zelda TV shows was eh, there was a know, TV I, show. There was a cartoon for The Legend of Zelda, yes, and. It was very lackluster. Have you heard of the phrase? Well, excuse me, princess. It comes from that, and okay. it's that doesn't come from it, Aladdin. It, no, I, I believe it came from Zelda. Really? Yeah, I mean that when they say when you hear it like that, it's usually linked saying that to Princess Zelda, and it I just have no idea. It, it became a meme, and uh, it looks like they the people Rocky Morton and. Uh, Annabelle Jenkel, the people that directed the Mario movie, they made two other movies that I've never heard about. Max Headroom and then uh, DOA. And it stinks. Sucks. But they started trusting people again. They uh, they trust, like they just needed to find people that had pedigree, like Square Enix. Uh, once they trusted Square Enix with uh, certain of their titles, like uh, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars for the Super Nintendo, or uh, The Legend of Zelda in Diminished Cap, which was uh, for the Game Boy Advance, I believe. And they they just needed to find the people they can, they can trust. And on the plus side, there is a animated Mario reboot that's supposed to be happening by Universal Pictures through its Illumination division. And that's currently being pushed by 2022. So there's hope for this movie to be redone and uh, maybe not redeem itself, but maybe erase its existence. Yeah, with, uh, it's far enough in the future that's almost 30 years you know like you know, 
the younger generations will have no idea the other one existed so badly. Right, which is the same reason why I was okay with uh, that Netflix uh, release of the Pokemon movie of Mewtwo Straight Back. Oh, right. Because- I, oh, okay, yeah. This is a perfect topic for the... I completely forgot I watched that earlier this week. Um, I've heard it's good. It was weird. Really? It's, it's weird so? because it... It follows the story almost to a T with some very minor changes, but going from a like a masterpiece drawn Pokemon movie that you know changed the world on the view of Pokemon, going from that to this 3D adaptation was bizarre. Like, like they had to modernize certain things that freaked me the fuck out. I, I'm gonna say good. I didn't yeah. like it. Um, and and it's nothing. It's not that the art style was bad or the 3D or the CGI was bad. I just, and this might just be like me being older and not wanting to change, but I felt like the mood of the movie became softer. Um, it, so one thing that like the few things that were like um, objectively weird was uh, the character faces for like Ash and Misty. Um, they seemed off, like it, like the eyes were a little too big, or like the mouth was like the, they anime cute it. Yeah, it was it like it was like they made 3D models of Ash and Misty and then they added an anime filter on top of that kind of and it just felt a little weird, but the models for the Pokémon were fantastic. That was the best thing about the movie. The models for the Pokémon were like pretty pretty fucking spot on. It's just that I remember the movie being very dark, like Dark and gritty, yeah. Dark and gritty. Like, when they first introduced the professor, he's like, this is Mewtwo, and it's like, there's shadows covering his face, and it's fucking mysterious. In the movie, it's all well-lit and bright and purple, and then Mewtwo's just kind of chilling there, and he's still kind of destroying shit and killing people, sure, but it doesn't have, like, that, you know, like, fucking Mewtwo's a villain. Which, now I realize, like, now, at the age of 24, Mewtwo was not a bad guy. Nope. I mean, he made a bad decision but it was basically what's the term the reluctant villain essentially uh kind of trope where he was forced into a position where he had no reason to be happy with his circumstances he was just reacting to like the situations around him in a way that i wouldn't blame him to so like i'm now i'm like that's but that's also the power of like like that the old art style the original art style like it was just so but- gritty and like dark that it was like all you could see mewtwo as is just a villain um, but here, because I guess maybe because I was so f- focused on like, like, how's this going to look? How's this going to compare? I was actually paying a little bit more attention to the story than I remember um, what it used to be. And I'm like, okay, it's not a bad game. Mewtwo's just fucking trying to figure out why he's alive and upset with he was he didn't have a choice. He wanted to figure something out. And th- the main problem that made him a villain is he had the power to do catastrophic things with, uh, you know, making those decisions. And in the new adaptation of this movie, uh, since we're going to do an adaptation of a, you know, a video game movie, uh, they did a lot of deeper explanation to help push Mewtwo into making his, you know, villainous decision, if you want to call it that, uh, mostly through Giovanni. Uh, you know, Giovanni in the first movie was like, hey, I will show you your true purpose, but they left it ambiguous the entire time. In this one, they are like, Giovanni's cunning, he's smart, but he's also evil to shit. Let me show you, you know, behind the scenes what's really happening. And, you know, trying to, like, sweet-talk Mewtwo into this hot deal that they're going to work together. But then, you know, at the very end, uh, Giovanni's like, Actually, you, you just kind of work for me now, because you're just, you're just a Pokemon. 
which they do a simplified version of that in the first movie, but it was more mysterious, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah. Um, and uh, the reason why I'm okay with this movie is it feels like the original movie probably wouldn't reach the audience that uh, Pokemon now has nowadays. And this was more like a watered down, lukewarm version of what happened in the original story. Just like and, Sword and Shield. Carry on. Which, you know, I prefer the original animation better. It's just, you know, my my taste. I watched it last year, so it's not like one of those things where I watched it in the 90s and then that was it. I think I like the original version better, but I like this one because I feel like it will reach another audience to give them an appreciation of the original story writing that they did in the first place. Because yeah. that was their first big break. Like, they, they had the, uh, the cartoon or animated series of, you know, the Kanto Leagues, essentially. But... Like, that was the big thing in Pokemon Red and Blue and eventually Yellow. It's like, holy shit, there's this burnt-down mansion that talks about this mysterious Pokemon that you're not allowed to get unless you uh, eventually, you know, watch uh, the first movie and get a code or use the Game Shark. And suddenly there's a movie about it that was, you know, crazy. It was a breakthrough in terms of things. It was super high-grossing. And it's also, like, fucking 25, 30 years old. So it's like, okay, uh... Well, no one's going to appreciate this anymore. But when's if we just lit a company that has buku bucks and has good animation skills and just kind of vamps it up? That's fine with me. I mean, I don't care for Leaf Green or Fire Red, but there's some people that want to play the original game, but they want updated stuff. So if that gets people back into it, sure. And and for this, like, I feel like the Pokemon included in this movie or like the 3D versions of them are... Were more accurate to what I was imagining some of these Pokemon would look like in comparison to Detective Pikachu. But from what I remember and what I've talked about, like I was a lot more surprised that I would enjoy Detective Pikachu than I did. Just because it's... Yeah, I, I don't like change, especially with Pokemon. And I don't handle that change well. And we've, I've heard my rants about it. But it wasn't bad. Like I, it, it, was, it was good. Like Everything was coming back. And I'm like, I remember this part. I remember this part. There were two things that they changed, which I didn't like but they did for whatever reason and they were very minor so this is me being nitpicky uh gary oak wasn't in the movie um and they do show him in the first movie in the first that's what i mean and so in the first movie he's there but he wasn't there in this one which i'm like yeah he was no he wasn't he was in the opening scene when they when they send out the uh nido king and i don't remember what other pokemon the fight mewtwo they show a like a three second clip of gary standing back in like complete awe in the, in the original Giovanni, in the new one too not in the new one I invite you to look at it again. I might be wrong then. I might have just fucking blanked out. Well, then consider me fucking talking out of my ass for that. Because uh, apparently or I don't know. Or equally me talking out of my ass because maybe I'm misremembering. But. Um, and then they were using updated moves for uh, Mewtwo's Pokemon versus the trainer's Pokemon. Haha, <laughs> I have the updated moveset. Fuck you. And some of the battle scenes were a little different, which I th- that was a good thing. Like, it makes sense that some of that would change with time. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. But staying on... Tra- track with the topic of the show um um the i didn't even realize that the pokemon tv series would count for this i was just so focused on movies more i guess and some of the worst um the assassin's creed movie which makes me sad because he's but a good you actor liked it more than prince of persia no 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 i, I this this, okay. this list is not in any order oh, okay i just didn't know because like i thought you oh, were yeah, saying no. it was your least favorite okay um right I mean, it looks like it's in order. The second from bottom is The Witcher, so I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed Prince of Persia. It wasn't great, 
but like I just enjoyed it uh, because like I rank movies. But as an as an adaptation, though, since that's kind of what we're talking about, it wasn't how great. Was it? It wasn't. It okay. wasn't. Fu- it was. Okay. Fucking as shit. an adaptation, yeah. not good, it, but it, still entertaining. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but like, it, it's not. He didn't do bad. Like the movie shit. He's a white guy. Um, um cast a person of color. He's not. Hey, Persian. Jesus was white. No, he was. Not. He was olive at lightest. <laughs> um, I feel like I just stepped on a landmine the, saying that, but you know what? The Tomb Raider movies. Um, Again, as an adaptation, um, yes. There's more than one. Yes, there's uh, two with Lara Cro- with uh, Angelina Jolie, and then one with Alicia oh, Vikander. Oh, with Lara Croft. Oh, thank God, because I thought they're gonna. Play Lara Croft, yeah. Lara Croft, and Angelina Jolie are so closely tied in my mind right now. Like that's just how it's because I grew up with them. The, the most recent right, one was I'm, that with some decent critical yeah, response, the, right? the the most recent one was uh, with uh, Alicia Vikander, um, who I believe no. Uh, it was actually an actress from Grey's Anatomy who who was, did the 3D modeling for uh, the motion capture for the games, like the latest series. So that's not correct. But Alicia Vikander, um, she did the latest Lara Croft movie, and it was good. It was enjoyable. Um, it was based on the uh, rebooted series, so the first game from the rebooted series. Um, yes and no. I, I have some complaints with that, mostly because the... Uh like the big plot twist in uh, the movie was actually vastly different from the game, but I think it's because they had to do a Tomb Raider movie, and the Tomb Raider game is more action platformer. They needed more right supernatural conflict. But yes, it, the movie was good. The movie was good. Right. Yeah. Um, the Lara Croft movies they weren't great, but it was Angelina Jolie, and she was hot as fuck, and I, like she is, and, and I'm, I wasn't complaining as a prepubescent child. Uh, I wasn't going to complain that they were bad movies, but not great adaptations. Now, is there any truth to the possibility that they modeled Lara Croft after her and then happened to make movies and then just cast her? Like like Sam Jackson. They modeled Nick Fury after Sam Jackson, and now he's playing the character modeled after him in his movie, in these movies. I don't know enough about Tomb Raider history to answer that question, unfortunately. How fucked would it have been if Samuel Jackson didn't accept that role? <laughs> I got time for these motherfucking rolls on my mother... I don't know. I guess we're putting push burn in. (laughs) (laughs) Send in the guy from The the Matrix, I guess. Yeah. Um, Actually, fish burn would have been cool for uh, Nick Fury. I'd be down for that. I don't know, because I feel like Lawrence Fishburne is more... um, is more charismatic. Yeah, it would have been a much different role. Yeah, it would have been a different Nick Fury. Like, Lawrence Fishburne Mm -hmm. is very charismatic and very, like, you know? Like, there's... There's, uh, so what's the word? Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah, like, there's swagger to, like, the way he does things. Whereas Nick Fury is not that. He's a sharp and blunt instrument at the same time and just gets the shit done. True. Lawrence, uh, like, in his appearance of John Wick, for example, seems a bit more laid back, if you will. But, I mean, his portrayal in the original Matrix trilogy was pretty serious looking. It was pretty serious looking. But, like, but, I think the similarity between those two movies is... 20 years ago. Yeah, it's very, um... It's still very reassuring, but also, if you try to do something, he will fuck you up. Like, that was the first feeling I got from when I saw Morpheus. I'm like, he's here to help, and he's like a guider, like a guide, but then don't mess with him. Like a powerful druid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Morpheus and Nick Fury are just very different characters. So what what it sounds like from all of us, is uh, from all of these things, is just that the usually we enjoy the adaptations, but we don't always appreciate them as fans of the games because maybe of the the way they've changed and do you think part of that is because of the fact that 
they had to adapt some things and change some things because of the different medium maybe uh, 100% like uh film and television like video is such it's a much more different medium because you can't explore whereas with games you can explore so like the main quest right. line you can only give them you can give them like very bare bones things and like have like let them explore and flesh it out through other lore in game or like collectibles so there's more room for that and yeah but with with film or video it's just it's very linear like you're only seeing what you're only going to get what you see so they have to figure out the best way to like it's like watching a let's play yeah like they have to figure out the best way to showcase all of that like that experience from the games into one and it doesn't always work out the best which is why like the witcher for me will always be like the best adaptation in the last like couple of years because they did such a good job in kind of like portraying how all these different themes and it's not it's it's really not it's like deadpool deadpool's a romance story or as ryan reynolds likes like the witcher is is. the witcher is about uh destiny it's not about killing monsters it's it's that's it's like political drama more than it is about murdering monsters you know it's about the relationship between uh gerald uh yennefer and siri that's what it is that's the core story about it and i feel like they did a good job of trying to like boil that down from all the confusing elements into like a tv show and so now it's only gonna go forward from here and showcase that there is maybe for glenn it was super mario brothers for me there was one video game movie adaptation that happened that i'm i was initially glad that it happened but then i watched it kind of situation and that is final fantasy 7 advent children uh it's a movie that's based off of final fantasy 7 after the game is completed and it was basically Square Enix's way of saying, hey, we have the power of CG, let's make more money. And they... If you thought Square Enix was fucking crazy with, like, the way they do storylines and stuff, just imagine them trying to fit, you know, double the budget of a game into a two-hour movie, and that's it. And fuck, it was... It was bad. It was it was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because, you know, as a little weeboo that wanted more Final Fantasy VII back in, you know, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, I welcomed it initially. And then I watched it and like, okay, there's more cloud. I should be happy. Why isn't the adrenaline needle? Why isn't it moving? Come on, pump me some, damn it. And it's like, it was frustrating. Like, I, I could not bear to make myself watch that movie nowadays because it's just... It was just a, a cornball of a movie. Oh, there's more bad guys that really want to, you know, do stuff that sounds awful similar to Seth Roth, I guess. And it's like, cool. Also, you know, 80% of it's fight scenes with swords, because that's all Final Fantasy had, apparently. And, which makes sense, it's just... I don't like a game that has five minutes of dialogue in a two-hour movie and the rest is just macho men fighting each other. If I wanted that, I'd watch Dragon Ball Z. I was going to say Dragon Ball Z, maybe Gundam Wing. <laughs> yeah. At least there's plot happening, some kind of progression. Like, maybe if I'm stronger. A bigger, stronger guy is showing up. Oh, no. Tiny bit of peace. Let's fight again. <laughs> this this one's purple. <laughs> this one, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. What? No, uh... Holy shit. Something I just thought about villain. that... Because we just talked about how part of the reason why a lot of these are harder to adapt is because they come from RPG games or games where we are making our own story. Now... There was a little bit of controversy with it recently, but Bandersnatch, the episode of uh, Black Mirror, came out and it allowed you to choose how the story played out, um, eliciting different endings. And obviously there was a big problem with everything. I thought the concept was brilliant. How would you guys feel if they 
did that with these sort of games. So then in doing so, they've allowed RPG fans to be a little more invested because the story was affected by the watcher. Like a, a choose your own adventure style? Yeah, like where if you watch Bandersnatch, like things happen, things happen, things happen. And you as the character or whatever this entity interacting with the story is, choose how it progresses from that point on. Um, effectively a choose your own adventure RPG um, game adaptation of a movie. Yeah. So it'll be like a movie or a show that Netflix or some, cause I don't think you could do it in a movie theater format. I think you'd have to do it in a home format where people can watch it on like a streaming service. But how would you guys feel about that? The weird uh, to give a quick tangent on Netflix, there's something similar to this where it's like, uh, you know, choose your own adventure kind of stuff, yeah. which I'm guessing is, in my case, for me, it was Bear Grylls Surviving the Wilds or whatever the fuck <laughs> it was called. And I I was excited because it gave me the options like, do I want to cross this log or swing across this ravine on a vine? I'm like, vine's going to snap. Let's kill Bill Gr uh, Bear Grylls. <laughs> well, it, it, it turns out they were both successful. He didn't die. He's apparently still alive despite my choice in Netflix. So it's like, I feel like in the end, it's going to lead to the same thing. So I feel like my choice wouldn't matter. And therefore I would get frustrated. Hmm. I tried killing Bear Grylls on a Netflix series and it didn't work. Well, did, I mean, to, to not counter per se, but just to add to that, uh, when you played Breath of the Wild, you knew you were going to face Ganon and fight him and most likely win. Did that cheapen the experience of all the choices made up to that point len have you beaten breath of the wild yet no i have not i just know that a lot of games are like that i know that i'm gonna fight the inquisition or i'm gonna join the inquisition in dragon age you know i know that uh i'm thinking about I game. don't in monster know Hunter, if i if i want to answer that question because it might dampen your experience okay fair enough I can though. I, just, I can at I least spend not with box. that one he, specifically. If, in a video game, when you understand who the antagonist is, uh, from you know, under being a part of the series or knowing watching a preview or something like that, uh, but knowing that that's the end game for me has never I mean, cheapened it. Because the way I got there always was how I enjoyed the journey. Also, when you pick a Zelda game where the timeline is entirely based off of whether or not Link wins or loses against a fight, which leads to a different split timeline that leads to a different series of the same Zelda timeline, that's really a bizarre choice. I just know that it's a game that you like, and I don't know. Zelda games in and of themselves kind of feel that they're repetitive because they are kind of repeating that same time loop. You know, Zelda's in trouble, Link saves her, fights Ganon, wins resets it happens in a slightly different way in the future and the way you have to do it is slightly different but the ending is almost always the same it feels like sure sure is that i yes. i don't yeah it just feel I like from a perspective from someone who watched someone play legend of zelda and has now partially played a game but i know enough about majora's mask and all these other games that it feels like that's kind of a time loop you know and so it's always about the way you get to the end i don't know i just personally i asked that question wanting to say about the choose your own adventure RPG thing. I think that'd be a lot of fun. From a video game perspective, and when it comes to the Zelda thing, yes, 100%. You know you're gonna fight till final boss, preferably you win, if not, get good. And then, you know, you get that satisfaction despite knowing all the choices that you made were either technically your own, but at the same time being linear in its own aspect. Yes, I agree with you on that. It was just bizarre that you picked Zelda where like Link to the Past, you know, a game for the Super Nintendo was based off when's if Link loses to Ganon in Ocarina of Time. And it leads to them sealing off Ganon and into the Sacred Realm, which leads to Link to the Past. And it's like, well, in Ocarina of Time, you beat Ganon. 
So, yeah, uh, sorry. It, I got really nerdy for a second. <laughs> Let me back off, please. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to slip into the shadows under my bed or some shit. So we did say we were going to talk about the ones we didn't like first. So what are some of the ones that you really did enjoy? Because obviously it sounds like you guys are kind of lukewarm on Pokemon uh, because of the positive and negative aspects. But ending well, out I'm not, this topic. I'm not a fan, but Sonic for sure. What's that? I'm not a fan, but Sonic for sure. Sonic is okay. Um, that was a good sign of The Witcher? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I good, like, can't really answer, because I didn't play Warcraft before I played... You know, I saw Warcraft before I played World of Warcraft. I've never played Castlevania. I've played one Assassin's Creed game. Never played Tomb Raider. Never played Prince of Persia. Never played Witcher. Didn't play much Mario. Uh, I just kind of go off of other people's opinion. <laughs> Warcraft, I Warcraft was a fun movie. Sheep! I did enjoy the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I know it wasn't necessarily an adaptation from a game. Right. Wait, it was. Right. It was an adaptation from a comic book. So they did have comic a game, book but to a cartoon, to, to a, a game. game. Yeah. Uh, the Warcraft but. movie was fun. Um, I don't know enough about uh, Warcraft lore. Hated it. <laughs> I. It was a. It was a. They fun probably movie. did what I did with Zelda. It's like you know, it looks amazing, but they're like. The details on this are minutely wrong, and therefore I can't accept this as canon. What's mm-hmm. that? Blizzard said it wasn't canon? Fuck them. This should be canon. <laughs> all I, all I know about the Warcraft movie? movie was that parts of it were shot in BC. So, yay. Oh, nice. Um, I Get was... Off. So, yeah, The Witcher is probably by far my favorite adaptation so far. Um, um, in terms of media. Um, with the Pokemon stuff, I don't know if you could really call them adaptations because it's just set in the world. Right, yeah, because they're anime and movies are in the world, but the movies by far have I've always enjoyed the movies, and I don't remember what the last one I watched, but like the movies have always been like a good time. Um, I'm gonna guess it's the 3D remake of Mewtwo Strikes Back. I'm gonna I, take a wild guess here. I mean, like the the last like core movie series. I can't remember which one. Oh, movie. now you're gatekeeping the remake of Mewtwo Strikes Back now. No, it's a core series. It's the first movie. This is just remake. Okay, then we're back to the same point. No, then. but I don't know okay. what the... Uh, okay. Well, but... <laughs> What's the I'll last just go time fuck myself, the- I guess. Um, and then I'm just excited for if this ever comes out, um, the Halo TV show that's supposedly supposed to be directed by T- S- Steven Spielberg that was announced... Ah, I love you, Nick. That was announced uh, May twenty first, two thousand thirteen, at E. Oh wow! It was a, not at not at E three, but it was announced in May twenty first, two thousand thirteen, that it's supposed to be going to be coming, but then nothing's happened yet, and I hope it does because Seven we've had two later, sh- yeah. two short web series. Uh, one what is, is this? called the next Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> we've got one called Halo Forward Unto Dawn, uh, which was actually parts of it was shot at my university. I learned. Apparently, people like uh, like uh, Hollywood really likes my university for like CIA buildings because it has that dreary, dreary like bureaucratic look. Um, and then Halo Nightfall with the um, lead from uh, Luke Cage, what's his name, Mike Coulter, who was also in Halo Five. Like he also did mocap for Halo Five along with Nathan Fillion. Um, oh, nice. But that wasn't super great. Um, so I'd love to see a Halo. Like I think that would be the best because, as a, a, like in terms of everything else that I play and that I love, Halo and Gears of War have like really good like storytelling vibes. Like because these are movies that are focused on people. Like these are series that are focused on people and what they're trying to do. And I feel like just they a simple have a movies, cinematic and a fan base. You know. Yeah, I I think uh, yeah, those are two things that I'd be excited to see happen. Um, David. Uh, Dave Batista has expressed great interest in playing the lead for Gears of War. So, yeah. oh, nice. He would do that very well. 
Um, but I'd love to see a movie of Hilla Reach. Three things that I, uh, that speaking of, because we've all talked about the ones that we like, but there are three that I'm super stoked about because I played a lot of Monster Hunter and Mila Jovovich, as well as Tony Jaw have been now, they've put out teaser posters of them holding giant swords and bows. Um, and then there's rumors of a Resident Evil movie, I think. And then also, uh, really? The, Another I've one? Resident heard. Evil movie. Oh, sorry, not Resident Evil. Uh, Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Another one? Um, wait. Maybe it's another. All I know is it's a new <laughs> thing that's coming out, and it's like a dark, scary thing. Uh, but then the other one for sure is The Last of Us. Another one. Been all over social media. Another yeah. one. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. But yeah. So those are a couple ones that we can look forward to uh, because I'm sure we'll definitely have opinions on it. Um, but did you guys have any last thoughts on these adaptations and/or uh, what you hope for in the future, maybe, and sort of stuff like that? Make sure you have fucking vetted third-party sources doing your work. Don't do another 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. Even though there's better examples nowadays, apparently. Assassin's <laughs> Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, I think, before we end off here, like, the problem with Assassin's Creed is it's a, is, is the story in and of itself. Ubisoft has just, convol- like, they've dug themselves in this convoluted hole that trying to even tell the story is weird because it starts off with them running some sort of tech startup to access long lost memories in your DNA to retrieve ancient powerful artifacts and it just kind of builds off and goes off the deep end from there so like Ubisoft just screwed themselves with that no 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 nothing will ever reach that level of convoluted I think you'd have to like Disney would need a lot of money or a lot of convincing to even consider doing a Kingdom Hearts movie because even Disney is like we're not touching that you could even if they did they'd have to make it animated anyway it wouldn't have to it would be a like, lot like no a I, it's it's not a problem of like how they're going to present it it's just like a, a bob Iger wouldn't be able to understand what's happening <laughs> he'd be like nope like give me the log line <laughs> nope no thank you why would we spend 500 million dollars on this movie that we're just gonna have to throw in disney plus no fuck that <laughs> get the fuck out of here square enix just keep making mandalorian episodes and we'll be good <laughs> um Fair. Yeah. That's fair, actually. Cool. I feel the same way. I'm excited for other adaptations and, you know, games that I love. I hope that will be made into things like, I don't know, I think a game like Dragon Age would make a fun game or a fun movie. But um, off to game releases. And I did uh, take a quick peek into this list. Does anybody have any that are particularly important to them or would anybody like to run through this? I think this is Nick's territory, but I'll be happy to pick up one of them if you'd like. I looked them all up earlier, so I, I have an idea of what they all are, but um, I just didn't know if any of them were like, near and dear to your hearts or you're excited about them. Okay, I'm pretty I'll, sure one um, of them is near and dear I'll to one of your hearts. I'll start running through this. Um, so coming out starting March 10th, we've got Langrisser 1 and 2 coming out for the PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Um, this is the port finally coming, the western port. Uh, it originally came out for February 7, 2019 in Japan. Um, or I could be lying out of my ass. I think the PlayStation 4 officially came out. No, it, the it, PlayStation 4 came out last year in Japan. And this is the Western port for the PS4 and also the Switch release. Uh, March 10th. And then, Something's throwing me off here because uh, this might be lacking information. But uh, it's also coming out on Steam. Same day. Oh, nice. Apparently it is. Yeah. I... I, I know that's weird, but just... It's another tidbit. It's good. So it's also coming out on PC. So if you're a fan of the Langrisser series that's oh, 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 fucking old as balls, uh, now's your chance. 
um, up to the fifth one with other sequels too, right? They've got a lot of them. Yeah, something like that. It's basically, this is the this is the remastered version um, because they orig- they started coming out in like the early nineties. Yeah, um, like 93, 94. So next on the list is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, March eleventh, PC, Xbox One. The long-awaited mm-hmm. sequel for Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, and so if good. you've been on Reddit for even like five minutes, you've probably been seeing advertisements for everywhere, more than the Bernie ones. So I once again am asking for your financial support to buy this game, Ori <laughs> and the Will of the Wisps. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a side-scroller um, action-adventure platformer, cute little game, and um, I'm actually... Soundtrack gonna be sinking my teeth into the first one before i pick this one up soon because new season so i don't have to like deal with fucking fomo for a while for d2 um (laughs) then next we've got mlb the show 20 march 13th ps4 um yeah baseball sports ball yeah um i'm just curious as to who makes this because i just want to clarify uh sony interactive entertainment san diego okay Cool. I just, I, for whatever reason, assumed it's EA because it's a sport game. Anyways, um, coming out, uh, next game, same day, My Hero 1's Justice 2, March 13th, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch. I know n- nothing about this game. It's a, uh, it's an RPG fighter based on the My Hero Academia universe. Ah. I believe it's Bandai Namco. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. I was like, it, maybe this has to do something with Boku no Hero Academia, but okay, cool. Now that that's confirmed, um, yeah. If you're a if you're a Deku fan or if you're a whatever the fuck and whatever his name is, I can't remember. Uh, Bakugo? Uh, sorry, Deku. Yeah. Oh, Bakugo, yeah. Because I was. Uh, I'll yeah. make all the time. Yeah, no, Himiko Toga is my. Oh, what about? She could crush me. All she wants. Who's Himiko? Uh, Himiko Himiko Toga, the Blood Girl. Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh gosh, Nick! Woo! Yeah. I learned a lot just now. <laughs> I'm blushing. Um, and then <laughs> the last release that we have coming up this week is Neo Two, March 13th for the PS4. Wait, uh, really? Her? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just looked you up. I was like, oh, she I know, right? I was like, whoa, whoa, woo! Makes uh, sense. I, I expected you, Iraku or Iraka, whatever her name is, or something like that. She's too, too plain. <laughs> wow! Open invisible girl. She always keeps things light. Just let her be. <laughs> um. So yeah, the last game on this list is Neo Two, uh, March Thirteenth. I'm gonna have to sink my teeth into this one. <laughs> PS4. It is coming out a day early in Japan, but uh, otherwise, yeah, March Thirteenth is the worldwide release date. It is a sequel to the uh, action role-playing game uh, Neo from 2017. Uh, it seems the, like it has a lot of very interesting mechanics too. So I might try this one out. Developers I mean, are it, Team it, Ninja, who made the Dead or Alive games. Uh, they made Ninja Gaiden. Um, mm-hmm. They did Metroid Other M. They did Hyrule Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. And they did Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order. All I know is I saw a three player cooperative multiplayer mode, and any game that has a cooperative story makes me just. You know, so. Right, right. I could be mistaken, but isn't Neo like the Japanese samurai equivalent of uh, Dark Souls or something like that? Is it? Or you're you're fighting like, okay, no. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Dar- I mean, Dark Souls is also by a Japanese developer. Yeah, but they're, they're from uh, from software, which makes sense. But 
Oh, I think Neo was just trying to come across that front. Oh, okay, like um, like a Dark Souls style game, because now they're just all refer- referred to as Dark Souls style games. Right. Okay. Checks out. Um, but uh, that's it for game releases coming up this week. We've got big one coming up the week after. So you know, if you don't know what that is, you guess I guess you're just not cool enough. But we're gonna move on to this game. Game. Out. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. I think I'll take this because I don't think any of these games matter to you. Guys, sure. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm actually, totally no. lying. I've never played any of them. Please take this from me, Tyler. <laughs> I'll let you take this off because I didn't put a single thing on this list. And the moment I saw Yoshi and Super Smash, I'm like, that's you. <laughs> Thanks, that's all, Tyler. Coolio. So the first one is uh, Yakuza Three, which came out for the uh, PS3 in 2010. So happy 10th birthday to Yakuza Three. <laughs> Uh, part of the Yakuza Yay, series. Double digits. Uh, double digits. Oh, man. I really need to finish three. Yakuza 0. game is so good, but it's so fucking weird at the same time. Uh, the ne- next game to come out, happy 12th birthday for Super Smash Bros. Brawl coming out for the Nintendo Wii. Like, holy Ooh. shit. The game that... I was going to say blow it up. I want to give more credit to Super Smash Bros. Melee. So it's like, eh. It's a game where it blew up for the major audience versus us uh, Smash Melee lovers, which splintered the group entirely into a bunch of angry fanboys that criticize everything Sakurai does. Ooh. Ooh. Also, Indeed. Yoshi's Story, 1998, making it 22 years old, coming out Whoa! for Nintendo 64. Yoshi's Story. Holy College. Holy smokes. Uh, Yoshi... Uh, did in fact forget to do his taxes so he's currently in prison right now but let his story continue on oh have you not heard of that joke before no that feels like a deep cut and i don't know it ah there's a meme where sakurai i believe yoshi was maybe not in the game he's like i didn't put a yoshi in the game because he committed tax fraud and uh the joke is yoshi's in prison because he never paid his taxes a dinosaur. He doesn't have arms to fill the forms out. <laughs> doesn't mean he can't get in that. Hitting a giant keyboard. Cool. <laughs> Wonderful. I will absolutely check knowyourmeme.com Oh man, for us boomers that can't like, relate to meme culture, we have to go to knowyourmeme.com to be able to relate to the young people. Well, Wonderful. actually, I, I will say just to make any boomer feel feel better. Um, I use that sometimes to like get references to memes that have just I've skipped over entirely. So, okay. <laughs> it just it just helps track down the sources. Fair enough. Wonderful. This was a really fun episode. I re- I had a good time hanging out with you guys today, and I'm excited to play more Minecraft this week with both of you. Yeah. Um. But for all of the people listening, thank you for coming. Uh, where can yeah. We find where can all of our our, our happy uh, friends that are listening find you guys on social media? I mean, you don't. It's not a requirement for you to be happy to listen to the show. In fact, <laughs> no. uh, we welcome all. Real. We welcome all kinds of you know emotionally deranged individuals. Hopefully, we raise your mood a little bit, or at least it makes you you know feel a little bit more comfortable. Always speak out if you feel like you're not safe. You can find me on Twitter at two times Tyler. All letters, one word. Two times Tyler. You can find me on Twitch and Instagram at LR11 or on Twitter at LRThe11th, all letters. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Razeth, R-A-E-Z-E-T-H, uh, and on Twitter at Glenn Houston, Glenn with two N's. Houston looks like Huston, and you can find us here at uh, CMQ uh, on Twitter at at CMQ Network, uh, which also includes... Our uh, D&D podcasts, Casual Quest Masters. Aha, play on words. Um, 
You can also find us on uh, Facebook and we also have a Discord, uh, which I believe is posted in our Twitter profile. So if you want to join, come hang out, chat with us, uh, maybe contribute to some of the topics and or all these different things. Sometimes we do giveaways, but I don't think we're doing that <laughs> for a while again. Um, that way we yeah, don't get we... attacked by bots again. <laughs> yeah. But we have a uh, DD podcast that I dungeon master for our uh, myself, our, our my two hosts here, and uh, also Zigzagoon, who is uh, another valued member of our team. Um, so I hope you all have a wonderful day. This will have been episode ninety of Casual Master Quest. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful day, and don't forget, never stop the grind. See you next week. The intro to the podcast, titled Casual Master Quest, was paid for and produced by the wonderful talent Revelry's Music. You can find more of their work at soundcloud.com forward slash Revelry's Music, or just click on the link in the show descriptions. The background music is the album Top 50 Best Classical Piano Music by Brilliant Classics. You can find out more about Creative Commons at www.creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 4.0. I look like I belong in Seattle right now. With this hat and these glasses, I feel like I'd be welcome in Seattle with open arms.